Play us in, Jim. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> and welcome to the After Improv Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Augusti. With me, as always, are the Wizard, the Warrior, and the Maiden True, Jim Harper, John Yar, and Heather Anonymous. If we sound a little out of tune, or if I say the royal we, but it's really Jim, it's because I told him not to mm. tune the guitar, because we are on the third floor of Planet Ant. Oh. Yes, for yet another uh, installment of our podcast. Thanks to Planet Ant for uh, making this our home away from home, sort of. They'll we probably, should have got they'll, host gifts. Yeah, they'll probably never <laughs> let us out here now that I said that. But there was a guitar sitting around here because I didn't bring mine, and uh, Jim played that. So that's the laboriously long introduction. Uh, Happy mm-hmm. New Year. This is our first podcast of the new year. It's been almost a month since Friendsgiving. But, folks, it's worth the wait because our guest tonight is a, I would say, a star in the local improv firmament. I would say he's a star in the local theater scene. Yeah, yeah. this this is, uh, there's a shout out to listener Graham, who uh, actually requested that Dave be a, the first request we've had from like our greater fan base to have somebody on the show specifically. So Thanks, Graham. You're Thanks, a Graham. trooper uh, for being the first. Thank you, he's an improviser, actor, comedian for over 20 years, according to his own bio. Graham is. Uh, he's performed <laughs> on several stages throughout the Detroit metro area, including member of the Planet Ant Home Team, uh, the Tipping Point Theater, and German Century Theaters. And he's also performed internationally from Canada to Puerto Rico. Uh, he's, he's got his SAG card. I'm going to ask you a question about that. And he's been in movies such as Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas. I didn't know that. Restitution, <laughs> Lifetime Channels, uh, Last Man Standing, and the upcoming Needlestick. Folks, give a warm welcome to Mr. Dave Davies. <laughs> hey, everybody. How wonderful to be here. Yeah, Dave, thanks a lot, seriously, for uh, being on the podcast. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. You're thanks pretty, for having me. Yeah, pretty busy guy. And you're currently John and I's teacher. We just finished our last class here at Planet Ant. Yes. Uh, it's moments still current. It seems like he was our former teacher now. Yeah, that's true. Well, <laughs> I feel like he's still our teacher until the class show, which is next week, uh, next that's Thursday. That's a good point. So okay. everybody show up for that. Dave, you sort of do it all. Do you make your full... I know you've done computer programming, right? Do you, yes. Now, do you? how do you make your living currently? Is it all through the arts? Currently, uh, yeah, it is all through the arts. It's through teaching gigs like this. It's through acting gigs. It's um, uh, selling paintings. It's it's really oh, you <laughs> it's sell finding a buck wherever mm-hmm. I can make it. Yeah. Okay, like your own paintings or you're uh, like an art dealer? No, my own paintings. Oh, okay. Wow, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's something. It's it's uh, it's probably a smaller part of my income. Yeah. You do the but, portrait uh, thing, right? Yeah. I've um, seen that on celebrity Facebook. Celebrity portraits Tony. mostly. I'm bad at Facebook. Do you have an Instagram account? You should start Instagramming those. I yeah. should. I so do I can not. do it. Let's see how selfish that question was. I have an Etsy page. Oh, okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. Now, and I have, uh, and I have a, a Facebook page you can like if you're on Facebook. Yeah, I think it. I have liked it. Why, like uh, why don't you give it a shout out? What's the name of your page? Do you have a uh, name? Uh, oh, damn it. You think I'd know this? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's just like Dave Davies celebrity paintings or celebrity portrait paintings or something like that. Is that what you're dealing mostly like? Uh, like, is it, what's your what's the yes. medium? What's the medium you use? Actually, it's it's latex paint I use. Like, see, the background of my phone is a uh, oh, Malcolm McDowell yeah. from Clockwork Orange. It's it's stuff like that. Like, you uh, should definitely yeah. send us a link to the Etsy page, and we can put it in the Facebook comments. All right, yeah, cool for sure. Yeah. But uh, oh, okay. yeah, I just got like a whole bunch of them. Do you paint all these on spec, or do you like take requests? Will somebody say, "Hey, I want you to do"? Uh... That's where I do the majority of it. Is is people who make requests Mm-mm. that come up and be like, "Hey, my my mom's ninetieth birthday is coming up," or whatever it is. And yeah, it's like, you know, my my parents have an anniversary coming up, and it's very special. I've even done uh, I've done pets. 
<laughs> I did one, uh, a couple who I know, they have a cat and a dog and gave me photos. And the thing is, the two animals don't get along at all. Awesome. <laughs> so they, they had to get like, they, you know, it was he sent me photos of here's photos of the cat and here's photos of the dog. And I was like, well, I don't know how big they are next to each other. You know, is there like a way that you can, he said, uh, yeah. So he sent me a photo of himself, like forcibly holding a cat <laughs> against a door and then forcibly holding the dog against the same door like moments wow. later but it gave me enough so i kind of frankenstein this photo together and that is came really up with the whole thing it's and, really uh, dark <laughs> yeah. I can imagine it's like a fight night poster where it's like cat versus dog yeah it's, the arena it ended up being a painting like here's how happy your animals look together if they actually got along. Yeah. Like, but it turned out, I was very happy with it. He was too. It, it turned out very well. I've since uh, been to his house and seen it hanging on the wall. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. Have you been involved in the arts from a young age or? I used what, to. What was the first thing that you got into? Like, because I know you do acting, you do improv, you do painting. Uh, yeah. Singing. Can you sing? I feel like you can carry a tune. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. We heard him carry some. We heard him at karaoke the other <laughs> night, and he blew everyone out of the water. Really? What'd you sing? Um, the Meatloaf song, right? Oh, oh I, no, I did uh, uh, Queen, Don't Stop Me Now. Oh, uh, that's a great one. Yeah, yeah. That's just such a good song, you yeah. know? I mean, I feel like a lot of times at karaoke, it's like if you pick a good song, it's like you, you almost can't go wrong. Yeah, but that's it. I mean, uh, Freddie Mercury, uh, he had, what, like a five-octave range or something? I mean... Well, I have a six-octave ring. Well, oh, 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 shit. In your face, yeah. Freddie Mercury. <laughs> they're all the same octave. Yeah. <laughs> so, you're like the, so you're like the Freddie Mercury of Planet Ann, is what you're trying to say? Yes. Mm-hmm. That explains that, that large handlebar mustache. Yeah. 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 That's right. Theater yeah. of the mind, everybody. <laughs> but yeah, so what was the first thing you would say you got uh, into? The first thing I would say, uh, drawing. I used to draw a lot. When I was much younger, I wanted to be a comic book illustrator. Oh, really? Yeah, I was really into comic books. I mean, I still have like what thousands of them. My favorite comic book? Oh, yeah. Boy, that's hard to say. Oh, they're all superhero comics. I think the biggest uh, unbroken collection I have is probably Fantastic Four. Oh, okay. Uh, I hear they're yeah. ending it. Yeah, did you read about that, the Secret Wars? I know a little bit about comics, but they have this whole Secret Wars storyline, and then with it... There, there's not going to make any more Fantastic Fours. Really? The thing is joining the Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm talking like I know so much about this, but no, I just this read a story. A, this intrigues but me. The thing I'm is, nerd digging this. Yeah, so yeah. the thing is joining the Guardians of the Galaxy. The Human Torch is joining like Alpha Humans or something, like some new line that they have. And then uh, Dr. Uh, Richard Reed and his oh, wife yeah. and their kids are out of the picture. Oh, good lord! That's weird because their kid was like the most powerful mutant in the universe, Franklin Richards. Yeah, yeah. but but apparently it's all done. It's because they've messed up Fantastic Four movies so often that they're taking yeah. the comic book off the shelves just to spite the the, the movie company. You know, it's it's kind of uh, <laughs> this is my theory. It's like I really I enjoyed those comic books so much when I was younger. And yet I recognize that like their origin story is <laughs> is really so ludicrous yeah. that it would be super hard to to make it interesting. Like in a movie. You yeah, know, it's, yeah. it's like so they stole a rocket ship. Wait, go back. They did what? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, I, this this guy and his wife and her friend and her brother, like, whoa, what what? This is ridiculous. It's uh you know, it worked in nineteen sixty two, I think, when the comic came out. But I just hate that they keep remaking origin stories. Like there's so many volumes to choose from and yeah. it's always the first comic. Oh yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I but, love the origin. I'm not gonna lie, I love origin stories. They're my favorite. When they're done one. right, yeah, yeah absolutely. But and you I think see that's, it once and. Well, that's the thing with Fantastic Four. I think is why they keep doing it is because they've yet to do it right. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like I mean that, like I say, the the first the actual real origin is it just doesn't work. We just hear it now and go like that's silly. You know, what two year old wrote this? Yeah, but, uh, it worked at the time. Did you grow up in the Detroit area? I did. I was born in uh, Art Center Hospital, Detroit. That's not around anymore. I think my and, mom used uh, to work there. Believe it or not. Oh yeah, it's downtown Detroit. It's not. Um, I don't know, like, cause she she pointed out we were somewhere, and she's like, "Yeah, I used to work at the hospital there." And I'm like, "There's no hospital there." She's like, "Exactly." <laughs> she tell didn't her say, I said hello. She didn't say any of that. She's an immigrant, but um. <laughs> tell her I said "goo." Yeah, she may recognize. Oh, oh, oh that wow. guy. Yeah, the goo goo gaga guy. I knew he'd be going places. <laughs> no, she. Chances are, she was probably a baby when I was a kid. So, did you grow up in the city? Yeah, mostly in a. At an early age, my parents moved to Warren. Okay, where I have been ever since. Really. Did you go to Mott High School by chance? No, but all three of my kids did. Oh, okay. I went oh. to the uh, Warren Woods Tower District. Oh, uh, all right. Yeah, you're familiar with the area. Huh? Well, just from working in sports journalism, I okay, yeah, Warren yeah. Woods Tower, yeah, Warren Mott. You know, all three of my kids were in the marching band, so mm-hmm. you've probably seen them. Yeah, didn't <laughs> you say your uh, one of your daughters is working on a documentary currently? Yes, right about my the... youngest daughter Dana. Mm-hmm. She actually she moved to Texas. She's working as a video editor for a company out there, and she was able to work a deal where she came back here to Michigan to work on a documentary of her high school band, marching band. So she's been doing a lot of that, and it's been great because I'm having breakfast with her Friday morning. It's been great being oh, able to hang cool. out That's with a her. great way to get a vacation. Just work out a deal where you go home for work. <laughs> well, it's you know, it's it's the uh, um, age-old, what do you call it, the adage of... Uh, do what like, you love and you'll never work a day in your life. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Thank you. I was hoping I was that was it because if it wasn't, it. then I'd just sound like a real <laughs> pretentious <laughs> asshole, that's right. which I sort of do It's anyway. never, no wait, always, no, yes, what you said, yeah. perfect. I almost said always be closing, but then that would have been wrong. But <laughs> So did you um, like make, like write your own like zines or comic books? Because a lot, like friends I had that were really into drawing would do those kind of things growing up. That's a dead on call. That's exactly what I did. I had all my, my whole pandemonium publications that uh, oh really okay had a whole string of manimal the man who can turn into any animal oh time master the comet like all these yeah all these characters uh that i just had stories were tiger man because if i called him batman i'd get sued yeah (laughs) Uh, so did you have a group of friends that we worked there or was this mostly a solitary exercise it was solitary until I found my people. Your tribe. Yes. And then it was like a good friend of mine, uh, Great Tomorrow, who now lives in Rome, hmm. um, has for years. But I think I met him in uh, uh, middle school. And it was like, oh my gosh, this guy draws great. And we we're just like really into each other's uh, drawings and the whole scene. So we used to like, uh, hey, I wrote a comic. Why don't you draw it? Okay, I wrote one. Why don't you draw it? And mm-hmm. we do stuff like that. It's probably my first homosexual experience. Oh, wow. No, it was uh, my first bromance. <laughs> well, we'll get more to the homosexual experience later. But <laughs> getting God. into that, how, you know, because obviously knowing how to draw, that's like better than being the school quarterback. So with all the women coming after you for your drawing skills, how did you find the time to draw? 
That's my question. <laughs> I drew the women mm-hmm. that I imagined. <laughs> <laughs> like our uh, like, great uh, personalities. Yeah. That's right. The only way I drew women was with a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> so, so were you like an R. Crom fan and things like that, or no? Were you like into uh, like alternative comics, or were you more like Marvel, DC, and? I was all Marvel DC, but I was I was really very aware of uh, on the peripheral all the, like the uh, underground, the art crumb, and and all that stuff, Beagleman, and just uh, okay everything going on in the comic scene. Did acting come along first or improv? Acting probably in in high school. Okay, and so I think yeah, in high school it was my uh, older sister is two years older than me was into uh, at Tower High School. There was Tower's Little Theater, and what they used to do is most. Most schools, most high schools have a teacher who runs like the drama department, directs whatever shows that year. Mm-hmm. Tower used to, they'd hire like some uh, college kid going for his uh, thesis or something. And that would be like they would uh, direct shows at that high school. And that would be I part see. of their, their thesis. So we got to work with some really ambitious, cool people. You know, like people who had a vision like, wow, this is the real deal. It's not just... um a teacher ordering backdrops from the you know publishing company yeah so my sister got into that and she made a great group of friends and i didn't really have a lot of i don't think i had many friends at that time mm-hmm. and so i was kind of watching her with a jealous eye going wow that's the way to go you know get into a theater so i did and, and started getting like lead roles in high school and I was oh, like, okay. oh that's pretty cool um and a lot of women and oh yeah mm. to this day well i mean <laughs> I know it's a joke but i mean like theater is its own world so i mean like where you did be, did you become like a theater geek not to use a slur oh yeah absolutely i mean I, and yeah i was in the choir too so okay. it was like that uh I was and oh that's why you're a good singer that's okay. sick doc right. six that's right. octave range that's right do you know how to harmonize uh do i know how to harmonize oh, yeah i mean i'm not sure like if I sing a song, you know, like, uh, oh, you know, uh, this is ground control to major time. Can you just like jump in and harmonize with that? <laughs> Please do. If I know the song okay. at times, sure. Not, I mean, not a boy but, it's not, but it's not something I would put on a resume. Like, okay. Just hear you harmonize. Nobody sing know. that Queen song. Uh, <laughs> somebody to love. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> don't stop me now. Yeah, there you go. But uh, yeah, I'm always jealous of people because that's one thing I'd love to learn how to do is harmonize. And I look at YouTube videos and I can't do it. This is not the first time Tony's brought this up. Yeah. No. This yeah? is my pain. This podcast is really about us more than you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> just sticking this cool. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, uh, I will say, I would like to say for a moment, though, yeah. I, have, I have listened to uh, several episodes of this podcast. I just finished the uh, Friendsgiving one, like... Um, probably last week or something oh okay cool and it's uh it's fun you know when i'm I just i pop in when i'm driving uh driving around and it's i've listened to you folks talk to uh people who i don't personally know and yeah uh, I've, I've just enjoyed that it's like being that fly in the wall and being such a, a gossipy person i love that <laughs> yeah <laughs> no. so that's our new demographic gossips yeah <laughs> let's give us the, give us some dirt dave something you know like, <laughs> no you've given me the dirt yeah, that's yeah. the point <laughs> okay well I'll, I'll ask an open i'll ask an open-ended question like, right. you can answer but it won't reveal anything are there people in improv that you despise that I despise? Or you hate. You're like, that guy's a fucking asshole. <laughs> um, you don't have to say a name, just yes or no. Just, just got to keep it just 100. Like, try to communicate yeah. with your eyes. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> if I do this with my hand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> blink once for yes. And I wasn't even doing anything with my hand. Yeah, I know. Really <laughs> listening, you know? Uh, um, if it's no, your- I don't think there's anyone that I 
that I hate. There's no one that comes to mind in the in, in the improv scene. Yeah. There are there are people who I not many, but there are some people I just feel I just don't have time for yeah. in my life. You know what I mean? It's just like nah, I'm done with that person. Mm-hmm. I just uh, as Sweet Brown you know? would say, nobody got time for that. Yes, yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thanks, Thanks I can Brown. That's right. Because people in like the the acting scene are different than the improv scene, aren't they? A little bit. Yeah, it's uh... Jim. Stop leading the witness. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's here's. I'll share this with you. Yeah, I do improv. I do uh, uh, acting, and I I used to do a little bit of stand up, not a lot. Oh, really? Do, yeah, I used to stand up for a while, and all three of those worlds. There's there's a lot of crossover, but the ones who don't cross over are the ones who have like the biggest issues with it. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. like like the improvisers who've never done stand up, who've never acted, thinks you know those are bullshit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, they're not stand up. Oh, those guys suck. Actors, they're so full of themselves. It's like well, you you don't know that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's uh. And and actors who are like, oh, you improvise? <laughs> I thought you did real theater. You know, yeah, like, yeah. You, you know, there are people in all three of those who uh, who will shit upon the other two, but but most people aren't like that. I don't think the majority are like that. I think it's just I think it's just the scared few who are like that. Yeah, you know? I mean, improv by far is the most welcoming of all the groups. I would say. I mean, I don't know enough about acting. Maybe acting is too. Comedy is the least accepting. I mean, it's it's where you'll find the most viciousness. I will say. You know, like people like oh yeah, comedians, like, yeah, 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 like rooting against each other, and in some cases themselves. You know, yeah. where they don't even That's realize be- it. And and it's and it makes sense because it's uh, the very nature of improv is cooperation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about like, hey, we get a lot further together than than we do individually. Yeah, which is the opposite of stand up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's like you know you're uh, in alone in a room writing your own stuff or whatever. It's, yeah. it's all you. You walk out on stage, you read your stuff, and if someone has a bit that sounds like yours, fuck that person. They stole my bit. You mm-hmm. know, then you get in a fight in the parking lot. There you go. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got this scar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here, I'll put my pants back. On. Okay. Leave the eye patch on, though, please. <laughs> I have a weak stomach. So did you go into stand-up after theater? Or like, what's the progression? Did you did you go to college? I did, but I didn't stick around long enough to get anything from it. I okay. even took a... It was Macomb Community College. Okay. JB, a uh, friend of the show, sits in with the band. He went to Macomb Community College. I've been there, too. Okay. I've also Jim has been also been there. I've driven cool. past Macomb Community mm-hmm. College. I think I waved to you. Oh. That was me. Uh, you went to an event there? <laughs> yes. See, I feel ah, I feel see? really left out, guys. I don't have a single Macomb story. <laughs> I can't even improv one. That's how little I know. You should be ashamed, Tony. Yeah, I used to eat hum- honeycomb cereal. That's about the closest I can get. <laughs> you know, those were invented at Macomb. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It, it's all. It was. Yeah. It's all the circle. That was just Roger a Laurent. That was kind of like honeycomb. a little. It was a mini Laurent, which we learned about in class today. <laughs> <laughs> the That's circle right. dance. You have a career in the arts now, obviously, but yeah. was that something? Did you get the bug, so they say, like in high school, like, you know, I love this, I want to pursue this, or like, what were you thinking about doing after high school? It's, that's a good question. I think uh, after high school, I was, I I think art was the only thing that I really uh, pictured myself doing, actually being a comic book artist. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, uh, did you ever submit to like the major houses or anything? Or I don't even know, how how does one even get into that business? I don't know. I don't know. I never pursued it that far. Mm-hmm. I really, uh, um, I did send uh, like some daily strips, like daily comic strips yeah. 
to uh, a few uh, syndication to oh, okay. syndicates. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but not nearly as many as I, I should have. I, I never really took it that serious. Mm-hmm. And then when I got a job like washing dishes, I thought, this is so much better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was a, I mean, there was a, you know, certainly a time when I spent uh, a lot of different restaurants, you know, just like gigs like that. I was a shoe salesman at one point, but what, um, what, was it a like Payless? I want to say Payless. Uh, Kinney Shoe Source. Oh, so close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> where you put on a three-piece suit to deal with people's feet. So Is it really as dangerous. glamorous as Married with Children made it out to be? Ah, uh, more so. That show downplayed it. <laughs> but uh, what was it like being a shoe salesman? Did you like the job or the people? No, I hated it. <laughs> I think I liked the people. It was a buddy of mine who I worked with who got me the job, and then, yeah, the people there were great. That was the only thing I dug. But it was all like it was just yeah, it was commission. It was like oh, I just can't sell shoes, you know? Yeah, just, I'm, yeah I'm not good at this. Did you like talking them out of it? Well, it would be the kind of thing like, you know, you get, uh, I think it was like 1% on every pair you sell. I would get 1%. Oh, okay. And then 5% on peripherals. Those would be like socks or shoe polish. Oh, yeah, yeah. And at the time... Kiwi shoe polish. I remember that. Yeah. This this is how long ago it was. It was, uh, um, oh my gosh, it was before 1980. So, you know, I was this young kid and suede, like earth shoes were, were like the big deal. So I'd sell people earth shoes and I'd say, you know, and if you're buying suede, you're definitely going to want a can of this rain and stain. And, you know, that's the upsell. It's yeah. like, oh man, if you can sell them a can of rain and stain, you make 5% off that. So I would, I would offer that at times I'd turn back and give them a smile and see them like digging through their change purse. I'm like, oh shit. Uh, and they'd yeah. be like, really? I'm going to need that? And you'd be like, oh, well, no, no you don't need it. <laughs> I'm living a lot. good stuff, but yeah. no, you don't need it. So during so. this whole time, were you pursuing uh, acting work or how did that go? Did you ever leave the state, I should ask? No, it was, uh, yeah, I, I just kind of wasn't pursuing anything. And then... It was actually when the uh, second city came to town, came to Detroit, that I thought, oh, that's uh, that's interesting. I should go down there and audition. And really? Uh, yeah. And I went down there and auditioned. And I don't remember the audition well, but I'm sure it was, uh, it was probably one of the most horrendous auditions they had seen that day. Because I knew nothing about it, you know. I was going to say you'd never take in improv or anything, and you did. I mean, that takes balls. So I mean, just like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Like you, you didn't know a thing about it. No, I didn't know a thing about it. Wow, didn't know. Th- yeah, didn't know a thing about it at all. Yeah, it was just one of those people. Well, my friends and family say I'm funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was like I'm sure Second City yeah. would agree. Yeah. <laughs> did you watch like SCTV and SNL? Yeah, like where you're really into that. Uh, SCTV in particular, just mm-hmm. I love that show so much. I was a big fan of it. So that was the idea. And I went in with this group of, they were calling like people in like four at a time, like, all right, you four come in. And there was another guy with me who probably had the same level, which was none at all. (laughs) And then two people who with us who were just awesome. Uh, One of them was Danny Jacobs, who uh, I got to know later on. He's he's out on the West Coast now. He's like the voice of uh, King Julian and the... um, cartoon the penguin the yeah. king julian yeah 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 that was great buy him he's got like a daytime <laughs> emmy that he won for uh for voice work no oh, nice. yeah awesome guy a uh, super nice just uh just a great guy but i remember like seeing him in this audition he probably doesn't even remember but uh in this audition it was just like holy shit this guy like look at him man he just knows what he's doing out there yeah. how old were you auditioning 
oh shoot i was probably i've always been old that would have been uh probably like 30 30 okay 30 32 around there yeah right right around that age now had you been doing acting uh in between that or no nothing no nothing, oh, okay nothing at all and so, yeah so i assume like you know you passed the audition and became part of the resident cast immediately absolutely yeah no so like what was what was <laughs> <laughs> no but you know i will tell you this i got a really nice uh rejection letter oh you it's, did? Uh, yeah i'm sure i still have it around somewhere i thought wow this is uh that was a very nice moment. It was like, thank you for taking the time to come down. Blah, blah, blah. Sorry, we can't use you at this time. I thought, oh, I didn't even expect that. Because wasn't it like so. thousands of people that, because uh, I think Jamie Moyer was telling a story about this too. When wasn't Nancy oh, Hitty? Or yeah. Nancy Hitty, yeah, like when uh, Second City first came to town and there were just like so many people that auditioned. Yeah. Like a crazy amount. Yeah, I'm sure I was part of that crowd that, uh, yeah, so I kept that letter. I just thought, you know, because then my lose out to anything else i could just raise it up and go i've been turned down by better than you yeah Mm -hmm. that kind of lit the fire under you or no like that lit the fire it it was one of those like driving home like no i should have done this and i should have done that yeah and at that audition i didn't actually meet tim hayden uh i i encountered him because he was like running the door Mm -hmm. he's like okay you're in this group uh you're in this group and he had suggested like classes or something like that. So that inspired me to uh, sign up and take classes. And uh, then I got to know Tim Hayden real well and, mm-hmm. and met Quentin Hicks in the classes. Met a lot of people. Yeah, for people that don't know uh, Tim Hayden, uh, Snow Day, which just went on this past weekend, uh, raises money for cancer research. Uh, it's Nancy Hayden's brother. And she mentioned on her episode of the podcast that you know he passed away, yeah. unfortunately, but part of the proceeds from snow day go to right like a fund in his honor yes exactly that a uh how long ago did he pass away uh 2008 because quentin uh who's been on the podcast shout out to quentin but he always gives a speech to basically every class i've had him with and i think he gives it every but he's like uh not a speech but he says you know the people that you do improv with you'll see each other at your best and your worst and you'll have friends for life so you are one of those friends for life it sounds like uh yeah, that's a lot that's of hesitation really... on that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> now, cut out all my ahs. Cause yeah, <laughs> that's a great call. It's very true. Qu- Quinn and I are super tight, you know, th- through that class. And it is the people you meet through it. In particular, here's an odd one that when I came to this theater, Planet Ant, mm-hmm. it was uh, Nancy Hayden gave me a phone call and she was like, hey, Josh Funk is putting together. He does this thing where it's. Uh, you pay like $300 and you take this class and he helps helps us to write a show and you get to put the show on and then whatever you charge at the door, you can potentially make back, you know, the 300 yeah. you spent on the class. Oh, okay. So that's how the original comedies worked here. He had, uh, Josh Funk had directed one called Sardines, uh, which was like the first original comedy here. And I saw that and was like, oh, that was awesome. So Nancy called me and was like, and he'd like you to be in this next one. I was like, oh my God, yeah, awesome. And the people I met in that, I think are are probably uh, some of the best friends I have to this day. I mean, that's where, like going to that for the first time is where I met uh, Sean Hanlon. And, uh, He's the uh, artistic director here at Planet Ant. Yes, yep. And uh, a lot of people have moved on since, like Keith Ray, Denise Swindell, and you know her. Look, she lives in Chicago now. Alana Elise, Michelle Murphy, that group of people. Patty Taylor, who's who still works around here, but th- those are all like people who can, you know, if I don't see them for ten years, 
and it'll just walk up and it'll be like, hey, what's going on? It'll be like no time was yeah, lost no, at all. Mm-hmm. You know, you just get so uh, so tight with them through the experience of doing those very first original comedies here. Now, um, did you make it into the? Uh the resident cast at Second City when it was still here, or no? Oh no, 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 nothing like that. Okay, no, I just took the classes, and uh, the classes were we were we were like the second class to ever go through the Detroit Training Center. Yeah, and they were so ill prepared. <laughs> I guess is the best way to say it. That you know how they do things. It's it's they have. I think it's like A through E. And then one, one A, two, three, four, five. So they have like this whole 10, 11 structured yeah. uh, tier thing. We were just like level one, level two. Yeah, yeah. And I think we got to level four. And when we were at level one, it was like there were two groups of 20. And then by level two, enough had dropped off that it was one big group. Level three, there was less. Level four, there was like five or six of us. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it was we only did it to level four. They didn't even offer us a fifth because we didn't have enough people. Uh, okay. So it's like Quentin and I only went through the four classes. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. And Quentin used to tell us how you guys used to go and do like bar prov and just hand Strippers out, like, with the night off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was our first improv troupe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he and I and a few other people from our class. And we ended up going to, uh, it was our friend Hobie Eklund who lives out on the West Coast who suggested this, like, what about this place in Royal Oak, the Java Coffee House? I don't even think they're there anymore. But we went there and walked in and was more or less like, uh, so what's your slowest night of the week business-wise? They're like, oh, Wednesdays. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, Wednesday nights we're going to come in here before 8 o'clock. We're going to move that table out of the corner and we're going to perform in that corner. And we had, uh, Hobie had a couple uh, roommates, Dan Margulis, and I I can't remember the other guy's name, but uh, who played like drums and guitar. And they were like our little in-house band. Mm. They would uh, hook it up and we'd just do some improv. And it was, uh, I don't know, a few months when uh, Wednesdays became like their busiest night because of that. So, and we weren't getting paid at all, you know, but it was like, where do you rehearse improv? Right? Yeah. You know, based on the suggestion that no one is giving me because I'm home alone <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah. I give you this. Um, so it was great, great experience. And it was... Uh, so you would never go to the park and play like a pickup improv game or anything uh, in the summer? Not often. Oh, okay. Not that I want to admit to, no. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. But that's, yeah, that's how we started doing that kind of thing. And then just from that, we just would... Uh, people would, I don't know, get to know us and offer like, hey, we're having a party and wanted to have like an improv gang there and... And I think since then, I still to this day, I still get uh, people emailing me like, "Hey, can you hook us up with some improvisers to perform at this event?" And oh, really? Well, I mean, I'll shout I, out. Yeah, I'll shout out uh, our little short form group, uh, Void Where Prohibited. Pat Capricio runs it, and uh, he's always booking uh, events. Pat he is would, on top of everything, man. He would love for you to message him on Facebook yeah, and ask did. him like, "Hey, can you come to our party? We'll pay you." Yeah, he loves that. <laughs> so. Just throw another. That's a rare in-house plug, Dave. Not to, you know, like right on your shine. Yeah, Yeah, we never plug anything in-house. We've never plugged me and Jim's YouTube channel. Hamtown Gamers. Yeah. (laughs) Do you play video games, Dave? Uh, Yeah, not a lot. I don't at all. I play them on the PC. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. What's what's uh, your game? I'm just right now, because this is how it always happens. I always come to a point in my life when I have no time to play a video game, and mm-hmm. that's when I play a video game. It's like, oh, why? Why does this have to happen now? Um, I'm replaying a game that I played before called Dishonored. 
Oh, I've heard of that actually, and I'm not a. Video That's game pretty game good. Do you go for I the like uh, zero chaos, or are you just killing everybody? Uh, <laughs> I've actually played it twice. The first time, I just killed everybody, <laughs> and then the second time, I went through like you know to the point where it was like, oh, I have to restart this level because I had to kill someone. So, <laughs> that uh, sounds very dishonorable. It's uh, it can it's, be. it's cool because you see like the different results uh, mm-hmm. coming out. You know, people fear you like you're that guy who's killing everybody. Yeah. And next time it's like, hey, you're that nice guy we all love. You know? That's why I was telling JB uh, before. JB and I both we share that in common. We had to stop playing video games because they would just take over our lives and we wouldn't do anything else. You know, like yeah, yeah it doesn't. It's, it's like it just makes time disappear. I just finished for I don't know the umpteenth time Portal Two. Which I think Portal and Portal Two are probably the greatest games ever made. Really, yeah, I hear a lot of people. Absolutely. I always see on the internet like people making models of Portal, like a hole here <laughs> and then half a hole here. I'm like, uh, yeah. that must be the game, you know? Like I don't know what else that game is, oh, but I know there's a Portal. So My favorite part of Portal One is where the computer's like, "Remember that time I threw you in the fire?" and you were like, "Oh no!" <laughs> yeah, it's got a, it's got a great humor about it. Um, so am I right? Uh, getting back to uh, sure, the sure. improv thing. Sorry, we're, we're, we're going we're off on a tangent, Tony. No, now the That's tangent me. is over. Okay, <laughs> we're exiting the tangent. There's going to be many more. I'm yeah. warning you right now. Yeah, I know. Shout out to the tangent gallery. Uh, <laughs> was I right when you said you've only ever taken four improv classes in your life? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being serious. At, so, at Second City, Detroit. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, I, I'm sure I've taken workshops and stuff, but yeah, that was really it. That's pretty but amazing, then, actually. <laughs> well, you know, and I've always said that nothing teaches like experience. Yeah. I think from that point, it's like... Uh, You've told us that several times yeah, today. You, you told us not to sign up for class next semester. <laughs> I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if that was cool just of you. That's based to, on my experience. Just yeah. go to nothing Starbucks and like start it. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. What's your slowest night here at Starbucks? Yeah. Oh, you don't have one. Jeez. That guy's in the world I live in. Guys, <laughs> go across the street and try that Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna, guys, you're going to call yourself Gigolos on sabbatical. It's going to work. Let me tell you. <laughs> Start moving There's some tables. There's places out there. Yeah. Hey, what's, uh, what's your slowest night here at Arby's? Yeah. <laughs> Ring the bell yeah. if you think we did a good improv set. Yeah. That's right. Okay, vegan Thursday? Okay, we're in. <laughs> yeah, that's like a sketch, vegan and Arby's. I'm going to cut that out. Um... <laughs> Tony, you always say that, but you never do. No, I, I, that's not true at all. I cut of plenty of things out. We won't know it because yeah. we don't get to hear but it. No, you know I cut things out. Come on, John. Um, <laughs> so, cus- did you, you know, being an improv, did you have an aspiration? Because, like Quentin talked about, he wanted to be on the home team, you know, or on, in the cast. Did you have those similar aspirations? Like, I want to be on a home team or I want to be, like, you know, full time Second City? I didn't as much, and I'll tell you why. That, that, uh, it sounded very Bernie Sanders. I'll tell you why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that it was, I was, at the time, when I was taking classes, I was working full time at the Ford Motor Company. Oh, really? And Oh, yeah. And I was, uh, and I had three kids that I was raising and... By yourself or... No, 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 no. Okay. With my wife Rena. Okay. I got married in '87. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then I divorced a few years ago. Okay. And remarried since. Okay. So there, we've covered that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will not ask another question. No, but just to say, your second wife. Yes. Okay. If I guessed wrong, that was going to be really awkward. But uh, your second uh, wife, uh, Diana, is on the home team as well at Planet N. Yes. That's pretty uh, uh, adorable. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. she's great. She's hilarious. I mean, we crack each other up daily. She's just wonderful. And here's here's an odd thing. I met her 
she was one of my students when I was teaching at Southern oh, oh, Damn, you dirty uh, dog. Heather doesn't like that. Abusing her authority. I, I loaded the shit out of her. No, the... Uh, <laughs> um, no, the, the odd thing was... is was uh, in high school. <laughs> was she in high school? No, no, no. Okay, she good. wasn't a high school teacher. Oh, okay. Yeah. Were you a high school teacher? No. no. Okay. Not at all. But uh, we were actually friends. It was... Uh, we, I don't know, we just got talking in class and became friends and we were mm-hmm. friends for quite a number of years. And then after my divorce, uh, we decided to screw up our friendship mm. and now we're married. How long have you been uh, married? Oh, you're going to do this. Uh, 20, <laughs> you're you're 20, really bad with dates, Dave. Uh, yeah, because dates all run together. Man. Uh, yeah. No, since Not since 2012. Now, we should come up with like a tangent noise to get back on track, you know. But So, <laughs> you were working at Ford, raising yeah. three kids with your first wife, Rena. Yeah. Yep. Um, what were you doing for Ford? I started out there as an illustrator. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, it was kind of cool. And um, I sounded like such a fanboy there. What like, did you illustrate? <laughs> Uh, assembly manuals for oh. the uh, guys on the line, the guys and girls on the line, people on the line. That sounded so. Um, anyway, it sounded very like team <laughs> Yeah, dude, for the guys, because there's only guys at Ford. Yeah. The English uh, language is not good with general, yeah. gender neutral pronouns. Yes. This is we how you gooder words in English, and they called it Fords instead of Ford Motor. Fords. Company. I work That's at right. Fords. I work at yeah. Fords. Yeah. Um, so, so yes. that must have been for someone that grew up drawing. Was that like a dream come true, or was it not? You know what I mean. Was it too technical for you? It was pretty cool. Like when I started, I thought this is awesome. I loved it, and it was a uh, CAD. Yes, it became CAD. I started out at an actual drafting board. Yeah, drawing like that. But then, well, uh, for people that don't know, CAD is using melted down Cadbury eggs yeah. to draw your illustrations. It's so, true. So, you pop it with a pin and yeah. use it like a pen. So you go ahead. Uh, <laughs> it's surprising how long those eggs last. Yeah, like on paper, it's just thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much. Like every Easter would roll around and be like, "Thank God, I'm yeah. almost out of these." Yeah. <laughs> But I, I actually worked at Ford for 11 years. I was an illustrator and then became a designer and then became a, like an IT guy really doing programming. What did you design? Oh, I was a that packaging designer, which it's, it's a whole nerd world that it was just, that was boring as hell. That was, uh, but the money was so good. Yeah. And Velvet then in handcuffs. 2009, I got uh, laid off. Uh, they finally caught up with me, but mm. it was, um, I got laid off and it was, it actually worked out because they gave me a real nice severance okay. and at that time, uh, did they have you draw a pink slip and then they gave it back to you and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. me design it? Yeah. <laughs> they drew it, but, uh, it worked out for me because it's like, did you work out of the world headquarters then in Dearborn or I worked at the PDC center, which is across the street from Greenfield village, not far from the oh, world. Okay, yeah, yeah. Is that in the yeah. same complex as the ECC? I imagine so. Over on uh, Rotunda? Rotunda and Oakwood, yeah. Yeah, I used to work at the ECC. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. John, were you, like al- whole were you also an illustrator? There. No, I was in the data center. Oh, okay. Very cool. That was a great job. I'd play Xbox. That's right. You, you would talk about that. You, uh-huh. you brought an Xbox to work and you would... Uh... Oh, my God. So many people there you'd walk by and it's like, wait, we can't all be playing solitaire. It was just like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of wild. Yeah. It's when, great that nothing happened to the big three as a result of those kind of, you know, practices. <laughs> <laughs> it all but worked for the out. record, Ford I was, was the one that uh, didn't need the bailout. That's, that's true. true. Oh, my, my dad worked for Ford for uh, 30-some years. He's retired yeah? now. Yeah. He worked. Nice. Uh, he started out on the line, then he worked at Rouge, and then uh, he ended up as a shipping inspector. But 
he would just tell me these stories of like people would just go sleep in shipping containers oh my god one guy literally yeah. stole the kitchen sink from the break room like <laughs> <laughs> stole the sink <laughs> there was a there was a guy i was in a position when i was uh an illustrator at a position where i was had a group that worked for me and there was this one guy who was close to retirement and it was like we recognize he's just more or less like an anchor you know just yeah. taking up space and he was working like 60 hours a week doing all this overtime to do his job and we all knew it was bullshit so when he finally did retire being his boss i had to give like all his responsibilities to another person on my team <laughs> who ended up like doing it all in one hour a week. That's, uh, <laughs> so that's something. One sixtieth of the time they were paying this guy. So yeah, so, so they were hemorrhaging bad. So what you're saying is that guy was a genius. <laughs> uh, pretty much, yeah. Uh, but here, I'll even get us back on track. That man why was why I mentioned all that was at the time when I was taking classes at Second City uh, in Detroit, I couldn't afford to be main stage you know i mean yeah you know just the time commitment was the the time commitment and really the the monetary i had three kids i was raising so like ford afforded me that Mm -hmm. whereas uh second uh, city would not um dave who told us about bits today in class yeah yeah (laughs) i'm just kidding all right (laughs) That, yeah, it just, no, no, this it, is not improv. This is not, yeah, this is not improv, though. Yeah, okay. But I recall one time mentioning, like, it was, I forget exactly where it was. It was in a group of people. Someone asked, like, if Second City offered you uh, main stage today, you wouldn't take it? And I said, no, I couldn't. I, I wouldn't be able to. And Josh Funk was in the room, and he was like, really? You wouldn't? And I was <laughs> like, no, I couldn't do it. I got three kids in my yeah. He was like, wow, okay. He was, like, really floored by that. And that's, and I get that. I totally get that. But... Also, it's like I was never in a position where I thought like, boy, what if they do offer it to me? I, you know, I never at any point thought like, yeah, considered that that was even going to happen. Do they like have part-time that, members uh, or anything? Or No. Okay. Or cameo, you know? No. So really then it sounds like improv was something that, I don't know if hobby is too light to put it too lightly. Like what was your no, that's probably kinda, an accurate call. Okay. Like that was your goal in. Uh, yeah. Just having fun with it. And uh, so it was pure. There you go. Mm-hmm. It was pure. Mm. Not the diluted down crap it is. No, I'm yeah. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> That's coming up. Yeah. Sneak peek. More um, shit talk coming up <laughs> after the break. But also at that time, so little improv was uh, happening in this town and it started to get bigger and there were troops like around doing their own thing. And then a few years later, uh, I think the Improv Inferno... Ann Arbor. Uh, Yeah, in Ann Arbor. Uh, Before that, I guess the ant was taken off, and we started doing Monday nights. We actually started doing Wednesday nights. Aren't you like a founding member of the home team at Planet Ant here? Yeah, I was on the original. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Margaret and I are, I think, currently the only ones. uh, Yeah, we're the only ones who were there from the beginning that are currently still playing right now. How'd that get started? That was uh, Margaret wanting to do a night of improv. It was Margaret's baby. It still is. Yeah, she was like, well, what if we start doing it Wednesday nights? And it was it was so slow to start. It was the kind of thing like we'd show up to do it and, you know, we'd knock at the theater door because none of us had a key and it'd be like, yeah, well, they're rehearsing tonight. So you so this, space, is ap- you know? this is after the point because uh, it started off as what, a flower shop or a coffee shop? Coffee, coffee shop. Coffee yeah, shop. Yeah. So it wasn't, this is, it had already been converted to a theater by this point? Yeah, and it was still pretty young. 
I suppose I should back up a bit because I think the the way I got from Second City to here yeah. was Quentin and I and a few people were doing strippers at the night off at various places, and we got to know uh, uh, real tight with Tim Hayden, who was in strippers with the night off also, and Nancy who was main stage Second City at the time, had this thing she started doing in Royal Oak called the Underground Improv Works, where they would do a, a Herald, two Heralds, like every Friday night and every Saturday night. Mm. It was like 11 Mile and Main Street in Royal Oak. And she called me up and she was like, hey, Dave, this is Nancy Hayden. And I was like, huh, yeah, hi. Yeah, I kind of know who you are. Yeah. She was like, I, I'd like you to... Uh, uh, join us for this group and explain it to me and i was like oh yeah great that, that yeah that sounds awesome that'd be really cool and okay yeah thanks awesome okay talk to you soon then immediately called quentin i was like did nancy call you and he was like yeah i was like oh my god we were both just like so freaking out i was like nancy hayden wants us to be part of this thing oh and, okay and so we were uh we we're doing that and suddenly it was like we were performing with these people who'd We'd been watching on stage at Second City. It was like, holy shit. Now they're like our friends and shit. It's so weird. <laughs> and uh, and we did that for a while and then just sort of residual. And then through Nancy, I got to know uh, Margaret and, you know, doing plays here at Second City. When mm-hmm. Margaret started Monday nights, she was like, she really just took the cast of the original comedies that we were doing and said, why don't we just uh, do this group on Wednesdays and... Uh, and then it turned into Mondays, and now it's it's what has it been like? Uh, that was around 2000, around the year 2000, because I remember yeah. coming up with a flyer for it, saying like, "There's a new Millennium Bug coming," because the whole Y2. Yeah, thing. yeah, I remember that New Year's Eve. Yeah, <laughs> I do. So that sounds like it was really your big break. If like, would you say that if like in your artistic career, like that moment was what you consider your big break or no? Yeah, maybe it kind of felt that way. Yeah, because like the whole Monday nights thing when it started here didn't feel as big a deal at the time because it was something like we were just looking to do some improv. and It wasn't and, at the time the longest running continuous show possibly in the nation, but definitely in Michigan, as Hovich likes to say. There you go. Yes. Uh, no, it wasn't that at all. And, it, and then it, it just really took off. We used to back then, it'd be like at times like... Uh, you know, 8.30 would roll around and be like, ah, oh, we're going to have to tell both those people that we're not doing a show tonight. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, really? So there'd just be like maybe one or two people. Uh... Uh, yeah, it fluctuated so much. Like mm. at times you'd get, oh, we're nearly sold out. And then the next week would be like, where is everybody? Yeah, there was such flux to it. It's been consistent now for, I don't know, last few years, I guess. Yeah, it feels like, you know, as I like to say, the improv boom yeah. that's been going on, you know. It's, it's finally yeah, in Detroit. Really yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, about I know that whole uh, that whole thing. Were you offended by that story in any way? Because I not just, all, okay. I, What's funny about it, though, is someone called me out. They thought I was because I like I was aware of what was going on. And I think uh, there was like a Monday night coming up and I put up a status like just kind of. I forget. It was something. It was like some. I something very, yeah, the headline yeah. somehow, mm-hmm. and it was a while later. Somebody said, "Like, boy, that must have really bothered you, huh?" I was like, "No, not at all." They were like, yeah. "Oh, you wrote that uh, status." I was like, "Oh my god, no, that <laughs> did you think that was like, you know?" It was like someone had really taken it the wrong way. I thought, "Oh my god, how many people have thought that?" Who was it that uh, someone was really upset with? A few people were really upset. Uh, with. A lot of people. If you look at that post on Model D, yeah, yeah. And it was nuts because if you if you 
We're gonna have Aaron Mondry. Yeah, we're gonna have Aaron Mondry on the show. Uh, Aaron's great, man. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I've only talked to him on a couple occasions, but uh, I, I he's, really ta- he's talented too as an improviser. He really is. And, and I, I thought there was a great uh, article, and it was like, uh, uh, and I know you, I knew this at the time, and I mentioned it too that even though he wrote the article, he probably didn't write the headline. But it was just one of those like, oh my god, that's just a dumb headline. But, I can confirm you know. that he didn't write. Yeah, I mean that's a. I've said that before. It's like most people think that reporters write their own headlines. That's becoming yeah. more true. And it was funny. We were in the sketch writing class on Tuesday, and uh, Mike McGetting was talking about how, like, when people perform in a sketch show, like the audition, like they get the credit. You know, when people are like that was amazing that sketch you did, even though there's a, the person writing it. Yeah. Like you don't know about many writers on SNL until like way after the fact. You know, like oh, that's true. And so you don't know. Other shows. Yeah, it's just yeah. part. It's like the nature of you know back of house, front of house. So. Here's here's an interesting tidbit while we're on that fact. When you read a uh, review of a, a play. Uh, like in the free press or something, it'll have the whole review and it'll say like three out of four stars. The The person who wrote that review did not give it the star rating. The editor does that <laughs> after the fact. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't even That's know that. That's bizarre. Yeah. Isn't that? Yeah. Yeah, then why send that person to review the play in the first place if the editor is going to give the star rating? Are you sure that's true? That's all yeah. I read wow. is the star rating. <laughs> unless unless that's the reviewer saying that to get out of uh i know that <laughs> that would be a great excuse. what a scapegoat <laughs> i directed one here they got four out of four in the free press Woo-hoo. yeah so nice. bam nailed it. it was like yeah and i saw the show the the foursome at the tipping point that you directed oh yeah 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 a while ago that was it was a good show Cool. I felt awkward being in the theater because I was the only one under the age of eighty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's get into that. So, you sure. like when did you make the jump from improv to acting? Well, doing original comedies here at the theater at the Planet Ant, I was getting a reputation locally of being an actor, a, a comedic actor. Okay, and then a, a friend of mine, uh, Mary Jo Capone, say no more. You know Mary Jo Capone? No, I just... Okay. Uh, I just <laughs> uh, she's one of those people who seems to know everybody. I just last time you know? at Capone, and I was just trying to take it uh, down a mafia oh, no, thing. No, 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 no. Yeah. She's the type of person who'll be like, uh, hey, Mary Jo, this is my friend Bill. He's been living in Antarctica for the last 57 years. And she'll be like, Bill, and he'll uh, be Mary Jo. You know, like, like she just knows everybody. Yeah. But uh, she was telling me about this theater that was opening in Northville called the Tipping Point Theater that they were auditioning for the show called Don't Dress for Dinner. And she thought I should get in there at the auditions. It's like, oh, that sounds cool. So I went down there and somehow got it. And that was the first show they did. There. That's the theater that Chuck Gatica is one of the uh, owners of. He's on the board. He's, oh, you know. okay. I didn't uh, know that. How long has that theater been there? It's going to be coming up on 10 years next year because, and I will tell you this, that... <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about family yeah. business. This is that's what Bernie said. Yeah. I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> the first show that they did at that theater, that uh, <laughs> they did. Um, I do awful imitations. I've never heard <laughs> you talk in that voice, like even on stage. That's a good voice. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the first show they did in that theater, directed by Jillian Eaton, and it was it did so well for that theater. That they still to this day get calls like, when are you going to restage that show? Oh. So their 10th anniversary is coming up and they're going to restage it. So With the same cast? Finally. But not with the entirely the state same cast. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be in it, but nice. uh, not everybody will be the same. But yeah, but, but since then, I have been fortunate enough to get at least one 
show a season at that theater and it's a fun place to work i really enjoy and including one coming up right uh, or is it just is just just the 10th anniversary one that i okay. mentioned yeah and that'll be the first thing i've done since directing the foursome that jim mentioned a few mm. months ago and i think um didn't you submit a play there they have a, an annual thing called the Sandbox Festival where yeah, they do like, like short plays. They're doing it right now. They're looking for submissions. Yeah, oh, shout, okay. shout out to uh, Andy Gatins. He, uh, oh, okay. He posted that, I believe. He oh, also, good, good. earlier today, he received a 10-pound ham and he was sending out solici- solicitations on Facebook to be at his house he, at 8 to eat that said ham. I never <laughs> responded to him. He doesn't know if I'm going to show up or not. Well, we had class, so we couldn't you know, partake in the, he the, ham, uh-huh. the ham festival, boop, ham tramming. Boop, 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 that sounds tangent, good, but uh, yeah. uh, I'll be performing at Arby's that time. <laughs> yeah, so. and he lives in ham tramming. That's not a play on words. It's just a fact, guys. <laughs> <laughs> ham tramming. Yeah. Had he had beef. Yeah, then he would have he been beef tramic. Tramic. Then yeah, we would have been go. in Wellington, Thank Michigan. Thank you for taking that jump with yeah. me. <laughs> I was going to say Wellington, Michigan. Wellington? Is that a city? Who knows, guys? That's actually, uh, Diane has decided that when we get a kitten, that's going to be its name, Wellington. Wellington? That's a good uh, name. Oh. A dog named Keaton and a cat named Wellington. Keaton after Michael Keaton? or After Michael Keaton. Or Alex B. Keaton. Uh, actually, both. Okay. Family Ties is her favorite TV show and... Uh, Mr. Mom is her favorite movie. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Now, uh... Mr. Mom. Yeah. So you, um, he said you were a finalist in this play submission thing? Uh, I don't have anything submitted this time. Uh, well, la- I mean, last, last year. year last oh, year yeah. Last year I had a, uh, a, a script that I sent, like a 10-minute script, and also directed another script that someone else had written. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's it's a great experience. So how old a guy are you? Do you know your age? Because <laughs> I, I realize like any kind of date or link related question that I've asked you, you've not had an answer. So I'm going to hope that you know your age. <laughs> if I, uh, I plan at some point, I'm going to cut my arm off and count the rings like you can see how old I am by that. I'm 53. Okay. And by the end of March, I will be 54. You were working at Ford and you got laid off. Like, did that force you basically into like a lifetime or like being full time in the arts, or were you kind of like freelancing in between them? Like, what did you do after that? Be that brought you before like tipping point? How soon after your layoff did that happen, or were you still at Ford when you got that position? Yeah, I was still at Ford when I uh, was working at Tipping Point, and when I got laid off in two thousand nine, that like I say, it was the best of a. a a bad situation because it did freak me out. It was the kind of thing like, you know, while it was just me and my youngest daughter at home, because that was like a half a year after I divorced and mm-hmm. my, my ex-wife had moved out. And how old was your youngest daughter at the time? Oh, this is Stephanie or no, this is Dana. I have okay. Stephanie's the oldest. Daniel's the middlest and uh, Dana's the youngest. Okay. I like that. The, <laughs> the most uh, middle. Of yeah. Them. <laughs> I know that because I am myself the middlest of uh, three. Mm. With two girls, just like he grew up. But she had to be... Um... I just said you don't know any ages, and I keep asking you these age questions. I know. Well, no, she, had... she had to be about 20. She had okay, to be about okay. 20. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... And, you know, she was still living at home, so it was just her and I. But then uh, after a while, she moved because she had an opportunity, and my oldest daughter, Stephanie, was living in Texas as a school teacher, working as a school teacher, and mentioned to Dana, hey, there's job opportunities down here. Why don't you come down here and find some work? So that's so she she moved out. Did she go to school for like video editing or self-taught or? Self-taught. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She lucked into it. They, Yeah. My oldest daughter, Stephanie, is the only one who went to uh, college. Mm-hmm. But when I was gone from Ford, it was uh, 
uh, I was kind of freaked out because it was all these things like, uh, you know, I had my car insurance was coming automatically out of my uh, check. Oh. And, you know, same with medical insurance yeah. and all that kind of mm-hmm, stuff. And mm-hmm. suddenly it's like, oh, well, they have this severance and that's pretty good, but you have these bills. Wait, what are these? I didn't even know I had these. I was so out of touch financially <laughs> with what I actually had going on. But then through Diane had talked to a friend of mine who was a, working in an advertising company and I became a copywriter for four years oh, okay. at uh, Solomon Friedman Advertising, which has since turned into Real Integrated. And uh, I did that for four years. And then after four years, got laid off from that. How did you uh, like being a copywriter? Not a whole lot. It was. It had good days and bad days. Good days were when it was uh, fun stuff. It was like, hey, write about this and make it playful and fun. Cool, I can get behind this. Yeah. Bad days were like, hey, they're trying to sell crap to the public, trying to make it, <laughs> yeah. you know, make it sound good. It's like, oh, really? I don't know. How Head on. Just make it sound good. Directly to forehead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like asbestos cigarettes. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you just, that kind of, but, you know, but that's any company. That's, I'm not calling that. Yeah, that's They're true. a good, good company. Uh, I made some wonderful, wonderful friends there. Then after that, it was like, well, you know, I don't, I don't know if I really want to uh, get another full-time job and uh, just started teaching more and acting more and doing stuff like that. And it's been going, uh, it's been going okay so far. Yeah, I will say, even though later in the episode, you're going to give me my feedback from the class. Uh, <laughs> I already got yeah, mine. I, thought I couldn't you, wait. Yeah, I, I thought, ripped him a new one. Yeah, I know. I thought, you know, you were a really good teacher. I know Jim was very high on you as a teacher coming into the class. You're like, oh, damn. damn oh, yeah. Jim's always very high. And yeah, I, I, think you, I, think, like, I think you have a good like method, and I think we learned a lot in your class. So, oh, like, cool. I think you're really worried about, like, make, have, have you ever made a student cry? That's what I wanted to ask you. <laughs> a student? Maybe we should go around and see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I think that made people cry. But you made people cry like in the audience or like what do you mean no, in terms I of mean, like in, in just real in life? life. Oh, okay. We've yeah, all done that. Yeah. Just because I like I think more than any other teacher, I mean you'll be you'll be honest with people, but then you'll always be like, Hey, I don't want to be like, you know, an asshole. And you're totally not. You're very nice, you know, and I think it's very helpful. Like when you give feedback, because I was like, it made me wonder, like, oh, were you scarred? You know, because because that's happened to me. Like I gave feedback to somebody at work once, and she just burst into tears. You know. So. Uh, ah, yeah, I have done that at work before. Yeah. Where I made a uh, that was it. That actually happened for one time where I was working with a girl, and I uh, she needed me to show her how to do something on the computer, mm-hmm. and I just came in like it was just a bit. You know, I, I came in and said something like. Oh, come on, let's take a look at this. It's so simple that even you can do it. Uh, and it was just, you know, it was just away. like it meant nothing more than just that's just a funny bit. Yeah. And then uh, uh, after a while, I, I walk by and I see her like, you know, in tears. <laughs> Baby's like, What's got going the on? sniffles. Nothing, nothing. And I heard yeah. later it was like because of what I said. <laughs> like, Holy shit. That blew my mind. Yeah. But uh, maybe she should uh, toughen up. Yeah, but no, I don't think I've ever made a student cry. Okay. And the only reason I, because I would say you're doing fine. You can be way more, you know, like yeah, we had Hovich. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Hovich is fine. He is. He's not worried just, about hurting feelings, though. Yeah, I think I am, just because it's. I recognize that quite often when I tell someone that hey, you could have done this better, or that it's an immediate reaction, and consider that oh, that might be throwing them off 
You know, I mean, it's it's like saying like, hey, that thing you just improvised there, that was kind of shitty that you probably want to do this instead. Okay, let's improvise some more. It's like I don't want to. Yeah, but I mean, kick them in the yeah. shins before it's sending them back out. You know, I think especially at this level, this you know, these you know, amazing heights that we've reached. We're way past. Ah, uh, no, that's no, it's yeah. intermediate too. I mean, that's it means you got some, you uh, know, especially at Planet Ant. You know, uh, sure, you sure. should have some experience in getting. You know, and I think everybody in the class appreciates it. I've never heard someone say, "Oh, that Dave Davies, he thinks he's so great." You know, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have heard him say, "Like, oh, that Dave Davies, he's so great." Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I think the class really liked you. I, I did. So cool. Cool. Yeah, it was a fun class. Where would you rank teaching among like your disciplines where being like improv itself, directing, acting? Um, Ooh. I'm, basically, also, which is your favorite child? Oh, that's easy. Yeah. My uh, youngest. Okay. Um, <laughs> See, finally, someone is <laughs> always the youngest. Yeah, how old is she? Uh, uh, you know, that answer <laughs> alternates yeah. every time. I say that because but, she's probably the only one that will listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one that calls and if the other two are listening. That was a lie. Yeah. That was a lie. I love my kids equal yeah. in different ways. Chill out, Steph and Daniel. <laughs> good memory. I know. Look at that. I'm proud of myself. Why'd you uh, leave Dana out? Ooh, good. Memory. I said because they're the two oldest. She's the youngest. I just wanted to have my time. Oh, uh, whatever, John. Good memory. Hey, here's John. a funny little, uh, funny little footnote. The okay. reason my youngest daughter's name is Dana. Yeah. Is because my wife Rena spells her name. R-E-N-A. We took the N-A from her name and the D-A from Dave. Oh. oh it's like a branding. Yeah. Thing. Put it together and got a Dana. And even like, if she was a boy, Dana would have worked. As yeah, name still. For, except with there your you names. There you go. Yeah. But anyway, answer the question, Dave. <laughs> William about, H. Muffman. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> we, don't we don't care which kid you, you like. You can't control us, Tony. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's going off the rails, Dave. Help me. Um, so, but like, where does teaching rank for you? Like, is it something you... Like, what do you it's get something out of I, I really love to do. It's... I feel I've been doing it long enough that... Uh, How many years have you been teaching? You've been an improviser for more than 20 years now, right? Yeah. I've been teaching... Boy, I'm gonna guess about. I don't know why I keep asking you all these like, <laughs> Tony. You have a serious <laughs> problem. Questions, but I've got. I think I've got a lot more time than most people locally. You know, yeah. so it's it's you're making me reach back. I would think I've been teaching for at least more than ten years. Okay, say that more than ten. Do years. Do you teach acting as well? Because I know in our class no, this I semester you actually treated one class as an acting class, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, that was in the uh, that's that's in the curriculum. It's written up that way. I believe it may have been uh, Sobolewski who put together that curriculum. Shout he, out to he, Mark. He, yeah, Mark Sobolewski, great guy. That he taught that class first, and so the curriculum is based on you know what worked for him, but. Yeah, I really enjoyed that class too because I had never taught acting and, mm-hmm. I, and and yet that's part of the process. This is one thing I feel like when I do teach is that I'm able to bring in a lot of my own experience, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to say like, hey, this may work at a bar, this may work at an, uh, you know, when you're doing a corporate uh, meeting. It's like, because I've done all these things and played all these venues that I feel I'm pretty good at being able to say that, this is from experience. This is what you'll find locally, the, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Have you that taken acting classes subsequent to uh, your improv stuff or is it all like through experience? It's all through experience. Wow. And it's been such an awesome experience because every director I work with has a different approach and seeing their different approaches and getting so much input, it's just awesome. It's great to work with a lot of different people in this industry because there's something you could steal from each of them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they say all the great yeah. ones steal. Yeah. So going back to teaching, do you mm-hmm. is there something you see in students where you know I've asked this to a number of teachers that something you see over and over like in beginning students like oh or even something yourself like I wish I had done this or I personally find the best way to make those points is to let them fuck up. <laughs> you know, yeah, to yeah. let them make the mistakes because yeah, that's the best way to learn anything. So I'm not going to start out and say like, okay, now let's uh, try this. Let's get out there. Oh, and remember, don't ask any questions because asking questions on stage is bad. It's like, let them do it. Let them do it. And then point out like, hey, here's a thought. Yeah. You know, this, you might want to consider this and here's why. And then they know from experience that it's like, yeah, it's right. That did cause this to happen. That did, you know, and and... Uh, that's always nice when you see them with an intro class you can right away see them do things where it's like okay i could totally see what they're doing wrong Mm -hmm. and be able to offer them that you know because you need to be told anything at least once yeah now uh directing i hear a rumor that fish dinner is going to be coming up this year yes yes it is we've been waiting a long time for this as have we it was supposed to happen last year but uh uh, some things fell through, so that didn't quite happen. So do you have a date slated? I do, and that's what I'm looking up right now. Always it's, with the uh, time questions. Yeah, I, said, I said month this time. May 6th through May 28th, Fish Dinner 3, the final chapter of the Fish Dinner trend. And before the prequels, though, right? Uh, we don't like to talk about the prequels, Jim. Ha, ha, ha. Is uh, hey, I got a question for the listening audience. Raise your hand if you've seen Fish Dinner one or two. Oh, we got right, thirty-seven good. people. Yeah. Oh, wow, that guy in this car there never saw it. That's wild. Oh, now he went off uh, the road though because he took his hands off the wheel. Good. Safety first. He guys. never saw it. Stay in that ditch. I will say I haven't seen. It. I've seen clips of it. I'm looking uh, really uh, forward to it. I wasn't in yeah. improv, so I didn't really know about it. It's it's really a unique show. And award winning. And award winning. That's right. Uh, I think we both won awards for that first one. What's so unique about it is it really exploits what I think Quentin Hicks is best at, and that's character. When he comes in the room with a character, it's so consistent that you cannot knock that character off his feet. You know, it, it, it's just that. But yeah, it's, it's just so consistent through and through, and that's just what uh, Fish Dinner is. He just comes out on stage as a character and just monologues and maybe uses the audience and that rides out and then uh, he comes out as another character and it's it, it's meeting all these different characters he plays and we try to get a through line so that all the uh the monologues connect it's been great both of them were just so much fun and he and i've been talking briefly about some ideas he's got for this next one and whew, it's <laughs> it's gonna be a roller coaster ride because there's really i think all three of them had moments where they get so funny and moments where they get so sentimental mm. in the last one a character he does hank panky this whole guy hank panky is uh uh he was losing his house because he couldn't afford it after his wife died it was really just wow just a really sad moment will the mighty quinn make an appearance you know i'm uh, i I'm, hope so all i'm gonna say is quentin hicks will make an appearance mm. uh, that's all i'll commit <laughs> to at this point so as a director how I much in- even commit to that as a director how much input do you have and then how much closely do you collaborate with quentin does he is it just a thing where he kind of you're a sounding board it's, you- it's all his thing it's all his thing uh, yeah that's just it i'm just a sounding board he'll be like what about this and i'll be like that's cool what about though if we spin this or you know i help him put it together 
Like last time he had a uh, last time he had this character that really wasn't quite working out. So it was like, well, what if we combine it with this character and put this character in that situation, and it ended up being like one of the bigger hits of the show. So it's that kind of input. Mm. Like like the very first uh, fish dinner, he actually came out as himself at the top and gave a whole little monologue that you know I'm gonna introduce you to some friends of mine kind of thing and i had some people screen it like nancy hayden and margaret and a couple other people and they were like yeah he doesn't need to do that part so mm. i i met with him and i was like yeah I'm, I'm gonna have to cut one of the characters he's like who's that i was like you dude <laughs> uh, you don't get to be in your Nobody's own show interested in the real quentin hiss <laughs> yeah. well it was the kind of thing it was like just that that uh, you, well, you know firsthand he's a super interesting guy, but uh, yes. but he's really he's quite. He makes a mean enchilada as well. He makes That's a mean true. enchilada, yeah. So mean, I didn't get to taste any because they disappeared so fast. Mm. Ah, good well, lord! You snooze, you lose. Could have saved you a letter. And he spelled after improv with the jalapeno. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he brought it. I saw the photo. Of yeah, that. he brought nice. it to friendsgiving. It was really <laughs> impressive. <laughs> the man of many talents. Yeah, absolutely. Now I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> How do you do? You like directing, or is it something like? Like, how many other shows have you directed? I directed uh, the one at Tipping Point. I've directed some here. It varies. It, it's really a different experience each time. And it varies by theater. When I direct something here at Planet Ant, it's like you're more than just the director. You have to cover, like, so many uh, aspects of the show. Whereas, like, at Tipping Point, it's like, wow, all I would do is just walk in, work with the actors, and walk out. It's like mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry about anything else, you know? It's like... Uh, just amazing. But there you're limited by what kind of scripts you can do. Like yeah. here, there was one I did a few years back called Brimstone and Treacle that was such uh, so close to my heart. It was a script that I was like, oh my God, I just, I so want to give this life and put this on stage. What was and, it about? Uh, it's, uh, or why was it close to your heart? It, it was uh, a movie I'd seen years ago uh, with Sting. And Joan Plowright, oh, Denholm Elliott. Sting is great uh, in movies. I uh, saw it was great in this one, man. It was it's such a it was such an awesome story of in in a nutshell, it's like this this couple, they have a, a teenage daughter who's in a coma, more or less. Mm. She's just like writhing in a bed. They you know, they and this drifter comes to their house and he's and he's like a con man. Is he's that like sting? Uh, that sting. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, this is your daughter Patricia. You know, I used to know Patricia. At one point, her and I, I asked her to marry me, and she said she'd get back to me with her answer. But this must be why I never heard from her again. And through it, you're like wondering, like, but it, 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 is this a comedy? It's that's got comedic moments, but oh, no, okay. overall, it's very dark. Wow. It's very dark. Because I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah like there's a Sandra Bullock movie that's close to the same thing. Oh, that's a comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is what what's so wild about this one is it to the mother, he's like the answer to her prayers, and to the father, he's like his worst nightmare. And it's it's the balance of good and evil that just yeah. uh, it's such a heady, heady script, but it was just amazing. But I was so glad to be able to do it here, and have it end up the way it did that's the one that got four out of four stars in the free press and oh. it, uh yeah it was just uh super fun and ultimately here's if anyone thinking of directing out there i'll throw this your way this is the thing about directing all yeah. you do is put together a show that you yourself want to watch and we, hope that others buy we're actually going to be directing uh yeah our sketch class is going to yeah? be putting on a show and we're going to be 
having experience directing other people's sketches. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Then just next, yeah, next put up a show if you think it's uh, if it's funny. If the room thinks it's funny, mm-hmm. the only time like I've done original comedies here at the Ant, and there are times where I'll say like, "What if we do it this way?" And the person I'm saying it to says, "I think it's funnier this way." So I'll be like, "Okay, hey, everybody in the room, do you think it's funnier this way or that way?" Okay, and we'll go with uh, whatever the majority says because it's ultimately you want it to be as funny as yeah. possible. But what you end up with is a show that you want to watch every performance because you put together something you love. You know, yeah, it's awesome. Are you? Is your family like you said? You had two siblings, or your daughters? Are any of them into improv or the arts? I mean, obviously, uh, uh, the youngest Dana is uh, in the visual arts, being uh, video editor. Yeah, yeah. which uh, Diane, my wife, is. That's what she does. Oh, uh, she for a living. Yeah. So they they do they trade tips and uh, uh, talk shop. They nerd out. I just sit in the back going, "Ah, this is." I'm just going to continue to play Dishonored. Yeah. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) screw that talk. But. my older sister is Sandra Bullock, so... Oh, okay. So okay. you knew all about that movie. Yeah. No. <laughs> I could <laughs> see the resemblance. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to uh, uh, bring up my favorite yeah. memory of Dave Davies. Okay. Jim was, is a big fan. Jim is the biggest... I mean, John and I are fans, but Jim, before we even took class with you, Jim is like Dave Davies, man. Yeah, I think I had you for intro like two... Maybe it was one. I had but you it was in a like, couple classes. But it was like the second time I took intro one. I think I had you twice. Yeah. Oh, I'm a fan of your stuff too, man. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks. Seriously. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, my favorite memory was... I don't... It was over like the past year, but I remember you got a double applause break. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only time is- I've, I've ever seen this happen. I remember you were just in a scene where you're supporting your friend... And you were just said something like really honest, like she's just giving you love so you can give it back to her. And everyone just applauded and laughed. <laughs> and then there was a pause and everyone started applauding again. <laughs> wow. It was incredible. That's when you get to the meat, man. The true. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That is amazing. That's it was. funny. It was like seeing a double rainbow. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't remember the situation, but oddly, I do remember. I don't remember the details, but I remember the situation. Because I remember being up there at that point, like kind of thinking, "Boy, that's nuts!" Yeah. How, just the amount of applause, because it was like one of those, like, yeah, it was what just the hell like just happened. It was just yeah. like you know? Garrett was breaking up with a girl or something. We <laughs> yeah, breath. yeah, again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the line was, but it, yeah, it was something that it surprised me how uh, it really caught me off guard. That it just like, holy shit! Yeah, it's so almost like all these teachers that have been telling us to stop doing jokes and start being real were right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It all it all pays off in that one beautiful right. moment. Occasionally, I follow my own advice. Not always, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but do and as I, I say, not as I do. And I think probably the biggest thing I got out of your classes was to make big choices. Yeah, I'd say that that was yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Future. I I know what you thought. Yeah, to make bold choices. Yeah, yeah. that you, uh, you kind of talked about that today in class. You said like if a director tells you to go big. Go big because it's always easier to pull somebody back in than to try and get it out of that. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's better to it's better to give too much of what they're asking for than not enough. Because if they got to ask you to do more than that again, it's going to be like, oh, how many times do I have to give you this note? You know. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that's I I stand by that. At times, I believe myself. As you've <laughs> said, uh, you are a man in your fifties. 
Yes, I am. And uh, nice segue, Tony. Thank you, Tony. Um, <laughs> Good work, Tony. Good work. Thanks, you did guys. it, Tony. Thanks, guys. Heather, I don't hear anything from you. <coughs> No, Heather's a good listener, Tony. You, as usual, you, in, you cut to what? the quick, Heather. In Heather's I, defense, I you, she's she's not a man in her fifties. Yeah, that's so. true. Not, not yet. Hmm? One day, Heather. No, but one thing I noticed, you know, just in the improv scene around here, and I'm sure a lot of it is a function of the history of Second City, but there seems to be a age range. You know what I mean? Of people, and there's not a lot of people you see in their fifties doing improv. And I'm wondering, is that true of improv in general? Or is that just unique to Detroit? And how, like, in terms of yourself, how do you, I mean, I don't know if you think about age or not, but uh, is there just an age where you, people just tend to stop doing improv? I don't know. Uh, this, is the, this is the first time I've been a man in my 50s. Mm-hmm. I think when I started taking classes, I was already in my 30s, which is older than most people are when they, yeah, when right. they start taking right the classes. Yeah, I'm right with you, pal. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm 40. Ah, see there? So I turned actually today's my birthday. <laughs> is oh, it really? Yeah, it really? Happy birthday, oh, yeah. I'm not a big birthday guy. Wow. So yeah. Happy birthday. Wow. But it's your 40th birthday? It is my 40th birthday, yeah. It's a big occasion. That's kind of insane. Let's do a yeah. podcast yeah. to celebrate. No, no. Yeah. So I'm gonna cut a 40th this birthday is like a big <laughs> deal. I've gotten a surprise, Tony. Oh, it's fine. See, I'm just not I'm not Tony. A, I'm just I, not a big I'm not a Jehovah's oh Witness, but I'm not a big birthday guy. Tony, no, because I, I of your understanding, we didn't get cupcakes. That's a that's a milestone. Yeah, it you is. gotta be feeling it. Which what? You know, like I will honestly say, like when I turned thirty, I was in like, oh, I'm thirty. And yeah. when I'm forty, I'm just like, you know, I'm I'm, I, it's weird to say that I'm 40 years old. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? But it's I not, do know what you mean. I feel that way 50. Yeah, but it's not like... <laughs> it's more of like, wow. You know what I mean? But it's not like, oh, you know what I mean? So... It's yeah, like an, I I guess I was raised, you know, like you know, my parents are always like that. It's like it's a number, but who gives a shit, you know? So that's their way of not buying me presents. I know what you do. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> no, they bought me probably. Well, let presents. me ask you this about yeah. it because I I think uh, I I get what you're saying about it that it, it is just like a number, but don't you feel you have enough going on that your life is busy enough where it's like oh, I really can't be bothered by by shit like you know, oh, what year is this for me? Yeah, uh, I mean. Is, and I've just been like, I try not to tie things to, because if I focus on age, you know, really, because like, I'm so much older than all these people, you know, like that are in improv, you know what I mean? Most of them are in their twenties. So if I start, I think, I, I think I have an idea of what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So if I start, <laughs> if I start thinking, I feel like I'm answering the question I asked you. So <laughs> if That's I, it, because this guy is a great journalist. Yeah. Not so, you, Tony. I'm yeah, pointing yeah. at Dave. Yeah. Dave. He's a, uh, well, he's copy. No, well, I ask you the question. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so it's like if I think about it, then I'll just be like, oh, man, you know what I mean? So I, I try not to think about it. And it's like it's not like I re- regret what I've done in my life up till now. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So it's just the way it worked out. Yeah. So but I did that. That's part of why I'm asking, because it's like like, oh, yeah. So if I've just been doing improv like a year and a half and I'm already 40, you know, it's like yeah. and I don't see a lot of people doing it in their 50s. It's like, can I really expect to have like 10 years of improv in me and then I'm done? So like. That's that's an interesting question. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where the old improvisers go locally, but I do know there's a lot of older actors. I mean, like there when are. I do. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So when I should I, start taking acting classes. I think it's probably more unique to this area. I okay. don't think. Uh, yeah, because if I took classes, if I started class, if I was the second uh, group of classes to go through Second City, Detroit, mm-hmm. and started in my 30s, yeah, that already puts me ahead of the game and here we are i'm still in it you know 20 whatever years later i'm still older than most people in in this industry you know what i mean so i might Mm -hmm. be uh uh, 
we talk about like where do older improvisers go. I don't think there's been many older improvisers okay, to begin fair. with in this yeah. town. Mm-hmm. You know, because I have no experience of like L.A. or Chicago, and I wonder if that's yeah, the yeah, same thing same you'll here. see. Or... Yeah, no, I imagine they they probably got a lot of them out there. All right, I don't mean to get in your head, but I no, I, no, I no, no, no. It's, it's a good question. <laughs> no, I was just doing the math out loud, yeah, like, yeah. playing it out. But I think like acting wise, when I when I audition for a, a role in a play or something like that, I know I'm, you know, I'll hear like, oh, it's between you and this guy and this guy and this guy. And it's like, I know all these, this guys. And I know it's like, oh, they're, the chances are they're probably older than me. Or, yeah. You know, so there's, yeah, there's a lot of actors who are. Was that true in your movie? Because like bringing up uh, Harold and Kumar, like <laughs> auditioning, how could I not, you know? Uh, what was your role in there? I was a uh, church security guard. Mm. oh yeah where they they're going they're uh gonna go into this church to see the christmas tree and i'm like do you have your ticket gentlemen okay with no ticket you don't get in or you know whatever yeah, it is two like lines that. yeah like two or three i think but what's cool about that is that movie was in 3d too so and they had some cgi effects because they uh at one point they talk about look here's the plan here's how we're gonna break into uh the church yeah and it's like a still shot where I've got like a ripped up ticket, just like where I've ripped up the ticket and thrown it, and it's a still shot, but like the camera kind of wraps around. Oh, like so the Matrix. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> woohoo, look at that. <laughs> was that filmed yeah. here? Yeah. A lot of it, yeah. Yeah, that was the year that Detroit was Hollywood, you know? Oh. oh they yeah. filmed over at Somerset, and there's uh, Kim's palace up on 17 mile or 18 mile. Don't you get a like a royalty check from that every year or something? Residuals. Yeah. Yeah, but they're they're kind of nickel and dime. You yeah, know, once yeah. in a while, I'll be like, "Hey, look at that! I got five dollars." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, five dollars. Oh. Yeah, I mean, less than that. Someone's rolling in it. I will tell you this: I did a uh, a movie for Lifetime Channel, and that was oh. probably as equally a small role. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a security guard, and I got one <laughs> line while I'm chewing a sandwich. Pigeonhole. But uh, <clears throat> but that's the one that has been like the best checks. Really? It was a yeah a, a Lifetime Channel movie. Um, television for women but uh so they just keep running it i guess yeah and the weird thing was it was like when i shot it it had a different title close quarters or something like that and time had gone by and i uh and it occurred to me one day i was like well i wonder if that movie ever got released or you know i never heard anything back about it yeah so i just happened to look it up uh research it and it was like oh they changed the name oh it's called last man standing and i find it oh here it is on imdb and i swear to god when i was looking it up it was like oh my gosh it premieres tomorrow night <laughs> you know i was like it was so wild it's called diana i was like get this that movie i did premieres tomorrow night was that it a was movie good. about a man hurting a woman uh, i gotta be honest i never watched them uh, <laughs> but i know ishak was in it too oh really yeah yeah now with your seg after card i've heard some people in the screen actors still talk about this do you get like screeners for all the movies yeah <gasps> that is so sweet I want to join mean, SAG now. What do you mean all the movies? <laughs> like all the people that Every are... Every single... Mo- no, the uh, uh, most of them that come out, like say I just got word that uh, I won't be getting the DVD of Carol, but they sent me a link where I can watch it online streaming. But I've got DVDs of like Beasts of No Nation, Spotlight, The Big Short, 
most of them. We watched Steve Jobs the other day. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, because I, I listened yeah. to the Howard Stern show and the producer there, Gary Delabate, he's in the SAG and he's like, it's the be- It's like $188 a year. It's like the best video uh, club <laughs> in America. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's uh, being SAG here is even cheaper oh, okay. because... Uh, yeah, being SAG here just means that I go on a lot less auditions than most people who aren't SAG. Yeah, because you can't, isn't there a rule where you can't audition for non-SAG stuff or you can get in trouble for working on without yes, permission? Yes, that's true, yeah. They have mm-hmm. like quotas or something for... A- they have, uh, yeah, because you're you're part of the union. So yeah. a lot of times they'll, you know, I'll get a call like, uh, okay, first of all, are you uh, SAG? Like, yes, I am. Okay. Well, we hope to work with you sometime. Thanks for calling us back. Bye. It's like, oh, <laughs> it, you know? So when you watch the screener, does it have, bless you, Heather, when you watch the screener, does it have any text along the front or is it just like a pristine copy? It has text along the front. You have to check a box that says you'll destroy this DVD after watching it. Wow. <laughs> you can only watch it once? Uh, you, you watch it once and then you're supposed to snap it in half and throw it away. To which I always do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Acting. <laughs> right You're such you a responsible it. SAG member. Yeah. <sighs> that, that is really awesome. Uh, I think it's one of the least known cool. benefits of having a SAG card. Yeah. Oh, I watched Straight Outta Compton the other day. I got the DVD of that. Oh, oh I like that movie. I, I enjoy it. Are you a yeah. hip-hop fan? You seem like it. That's not really, no. Okay, I was, that was me acting. I mean, it was like I was aware of uh, the, the characters and, and some of it going on. But what got me was it was clearly, it was very... Hollywooded up version, you know. <laughs> well, plus two of the members, you know, Ice Cube and Dr. Dre, who were in the group, produced it. So they left yeah, out the yeah, domestic yeah. violence and the, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. the just general violence and stuff like that. Sure, sure. So pulling on our maybe our last tangent, but uh, <laughs> do you think about like the future, like where you see your because your career, you're kind of different in, than a lot of the people we talk to in that your career is pretty well established. You know what I mean? As opposed to like, oh, you want to do this or this one day. Like, yeah. is there stuff that you haven't done that you still want to do? Or are you like, do you think about that stuff? Or you're What's just, your like, day dream? To day? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a boxer. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I saw a I boxing love... club the other day over on John R. by Seventeen Mile. Oh no, no, no! I I love putting things in boxes. Oh, oh. so your packaging design will come. Yes, in handy. <laughs> I thought you meant package designer. I thought you meant you wanted uh, to be a dog. So, <laughs> three word puns, guys. You're not going to get that any place else. I actually, I, I no, I don't feel like I want to be one thing or or anything like that. I I live in the moment. Nice. <laughs> Oh, I have one more question. Oh, Thanks, yeah. Kevin. This is like probably the stereotypical <laughs> question, but I, you know, the Kinks. Yes. Um, and Dave Davies. Yes. Uh, before I was taking improv, I drove past, um, what's it on? Magic uh, Bag. Yeah, Magic Bag. Yeah. Said Dave Davies. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's weird. You know what I mean? And then I come to find out it's you. You were probably in school, right? When they were uh popular or? oh yeah they, well they were yeah i was i was busy being born when they were getting they were like uh they came along in the 60s the okay kinks, dave davies ray davies and that was uh dave davies of the kinks at the magic bag oh it was yeah absolutely okay because somebody told me later that it was you that you no. were having like a one-man show i told no. you yeah that's that, right actually yeah because, no I was... and, then, and then i had dave cleared it up in class because i had him as a teacher at the time yeah. and i asked him and he said yeah i am doing a little jokes and stuff and you you were joking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, do. I do get people like Acting. send me a message like, congratulations on your show at Magic Bag. And, <laughs> and I'll correct them by saying something like, thank you. Are you, <laughs> are you. are you a fan of the Kinks? 
Uh, I am actually, yeah. Okay. Yep. Like, was that, I mean, how much, like, did you get any, like, oh, Dave Davies, like, growing up or none at all? Absolutely. It's funny, because there's also uh, Dave Davies who fills in for Terry Gross on Fresh Air. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's, I'll get that occasionally, like, uh, someone will say, like, Dave Davies, oh, how's your brother Ray doing? And I'll be like, uh, yeah, I don't talk to yeah. him. We're fighting right now. And they'll be like, <laughs> really? I heard, I heard they actually made up, though. Yeah, yeah, I heard that too. That yeah. they're uh, talking about actually touring. Yeah, I'm a big uh, Kings fan. They, I think they're one of the most underrated bands in terms of just song after song. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got to know them through Wes Anderson's films. He's like a huge Kings fan, so he would like oh, nice. he pretty much that. throws a King song into almost it seems like every movie he does. And Strangers, that's my favorite uh, King song. But uh, anyway, cool. sorry. No, but, not at all. So, do you appreciate that, or you're just like, do you ever think about changing your name, like professionally? Or? No, it it actually works out for the line of work. I mean, like when I was doing stand up, they'd introduce me as uh, the guy so funny they named him twice. Ah. So, but it, it's you know for it's a good name to have, like if you're if you want people to remember it, I guess. Oh yeah, stand up. How old were you when you started doing that? That was not too long after I was taking classes at uh, Second City. And how long did you do it for? How much? I don't. I never headlined anywhere. I think I uh, uh, most did I ever you feature got was, or middle uh, or. Nah, I think I just introduced. I think I just introduced. But it was it was mostly open mic nights, and then I did a few introductions, and then for some reason I just didn't go back to it. I can't remember why. But and a couple times I've gone back to do it and i always talk about going back to do it because i'm always writing stuff down it's all like bits and stuff yeah and and it'll quite often be like oh that wouldn't work as improv but man that would make an awesome stand-up bit i should do that again yeah you should you could ghostwrite somebody uh what's that you could ghostwrite for somebody's stand-up and then just get checks from them and not put any of the work out (laughs) boy john's always got something cooking man if I could get checks like I used to doing stand-up. Yeah. Stand-up's where all the money is. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Improv's uh, where all the money is. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, because of time, we're not going to be able to get to the homosexual experience. So uh, I apologize for that. I really wanted to hear about it. I'm, Sorry, I'm Gary. A, yeah, another time. It's, well, what uh, about your <laughs> review? Oh, well, I'm going to end the day oh, portion. Uh, and and then we'll get into the other part, the, uh, the us portion, as I like to call it. So oh, let's give it up, guys. Dave, seriously, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Dave oh, Davies, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. I uh, enjoyed this. This is awesome. Don't stop me So this is our first show of the new year. Like we're the hung- the hangover after Friendsgiving. Dave's going to be here for the rest of the shows. John likes me to always stress. Don't wave uh, and feel and, and like feel that. like uh, to uh, to stress. Nobody can see that wave, Jim. Uh, first I off, saw it. I Dave, can't. I don't know if you were aware. Were you aware of the bet between Heather and Jim? Oh. The uh, rap song. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Oh, yeah. The year oh, ended, oh, and I am so ready to hear this song. I know she was mentioning is this happening it tonight. As no. soon as New Year's Give Eve. Give her a beat. Listen. You want to? You want? You want to give me a CD to put in, Heather? Or email me. No. The no. Word? Listen. <laughs> you guys didn't believe in me enough. I. Oh. oh. Wow. No, I didn't. I did not complete the rap song yet. Did I should say Heather's feeling. Yeah. Yet. Heather's feeling. Heather's feeling. Do a bet to see if you finish it before. December thirty. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. I will make another. Be a no. no way. Yes, I'm gonna do it. That could listen, be. a That'll be a different listen, bet. That'll be a different because bet. Because I graduate from school, mm-hmm. 
in the spring. And then I'll have more time okay. to watch Gilmore That's, Girls and procrastinate. If, Heather, I'll be done with Gilmore Girls. If you then. and Jim want to make, <laughs> if you and Jim want to make a new bet about whether you'll finish the song by the end of next year, that's fine. But as no. the administrator of the bet, a bet's right. a bet, I and lost. you lost. I lost. So what does this mean now? Like Jim, what? How do you feel, Jim? I feel, I feel like no matter what I have Heather read on the air, she won't learn her lesson. What is my lesson? Yeah, what to is learn? Lesson? What's the lesson to learn? Just life experience. <laughs> <laughs> so, so by reading something, I will. I should get life experience, but I won't. Right, just to understand that other people have different points of view than you. I didn't know that, Jim. Heather's feeling a little under the weather, so I will mention that she doesn't have her usual sass. I'm sorry, Heather. I think I have a fever. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> is that rap fever hip hop fever huh? no no drop a beat <laughs> Dave, Dave just I have a lot of, of he could, ideas uh, so what what can I have Heather do since I won the bet well I thought you prearranged like it was some kind of speech or something on YouTube that Heather could read out loud <coughs> yeah it's this woman that's like a men's rights activist yeah like stick to the bet we'll do that and I'll probably cut it because it'll be boring but I don't know if Heather doesn't well I think she'll read it with attitude okay good first yeah of all. I think we have to wait to include that in the podcast till Heather's feeling better. She yeah, that's that true. Sass. We're not going to do it. We're not hurts. doing it. Yeah, we're not doing it tonight. But so uh, coming up in an episode soon, Heather reads some weird shit Jim found. Yeah. <laughs> now, okay, uh, as I mentioned previously, Intermediate 2 at Planet Ant, John and I, the class we're in, taught by the Mr. Uh, Dave Davies. I just said it was, it was great. It was, Dave gave a ton of feedback and emails, and it was yeah. That you're also the only teacher, uh, except for Lauren Bickers, that's ever sent emails after. Well, she did it after the last class, but you do it after every class, which I is an amazing it. touch. Yeah. I you love it. You cover everything, so it's like it's a little great. history. You know, it's huh. basically we're all too lazy to take notes, so our teacher huh. does it for us. So it's great. It's actually it's the kind of thing like I like to keep a note of what it was I taught, and I think it was a few years back. I realized it's like, well, I'm typing all this out for my own benefit yeah i feel if the class can get benefit out of it so i just you know changed uh me to you and <laughs> yeah send it out so after class you know dave offered to give feedback because we had a little time in between then and the start of the podcast and i said i want you to give i want you to give me my feedback on the air on the podcast so i'm getting i'm asking for that feedback now a uh, couple uh caveats don't hold back. Don't worry about it. like I grew up. You know, I worked in journalism for many years. I've heard many brutal things, and uh, his parents so, were extremely brutal. That's true. really mean. Yeah. So I can take whatever you have to say. So uh, yeah, I have no problem being honest. Okay, here we go. I I uh, I will say this up front that uh, I really enjoyed having you in this class. Thank you. I had no idea what to expect, but I I really like what you bring to the scenes. I think you've uh, you've got some uh, great ideas. It's some very smart ideas, and I think you're really good at finding uh, what the next natural beat of the story should be, like what makes sense. Like when you when you tap someone out and come in with the next beat, it's like, that was a good choice. That was a smart choice. I like what happened there. So I, I think with the, the time you've put into this, I, I think you're doing great. You know, you're doing great. You're a lot of fun to watch up there. Okay. About if I'm going to give you advice on where you might want to focus more uh, in my opinion i'd say possibly uh, character you've got some characters you really do mm-hmm. but but i think you can go bigger with characters okay 
you can come up with a wider range of characters. That's fair. And uh, possibly the physicality behind those characters. I will say that I think you're one of the few in class who actually made it a point to do object work. Yeah, because I suck at it. I mean, like, that's something I almost never do. Like, I'm... When I first started out, I'm guilty of just standing around with, like, with my hands in my pockets. I think most improvisers are, but yeah. I could see you're, you're pushing yourself to do it. And okay. that's good. I mean, I could see... Uh, I feel like when I'm watching you, that I can feel when you feel that, like, oh, I should be doing something. I should be going okay. over to DC. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's but so that's good. cool. But that's yeah. also, like, I don't think the... The, the average person picks up okay on I was gonna much, say it's know? like oh I, mean, I should be doing that. but that's so true because know? I'll do that and be like I should be I should be doing something now cool cool yeah, yeah and it's uh, I, I can see that and that's good that's a real good thing alright uh, here's a real odd note and it's probably one that I wouldn't normally give but since this Late is on my guess, here it comes you. and I've heard someone say this about you before yeah. mm-hmm. and I agree with it I don't think it's a bad thing yeah, but 100%. someone said yep. they uh, I don't know if the term is actually right but somebody said <laughs> you this had, funny Jim, Jim and John are nodding their heads and you haven't even said it oh, yet yeah? oh what is it Oh no! Everybody's saying it, and we all agree with you. Yeah. What is it? Uh-huh. It's well, about the note. I okay. want you to hear it from Dave. Okay. Oh no! No wait! Now I'm. Dave, uh, oh, no, they're I'm just bullshit. They're just happy. They just yeah. root against me, and they're just happy that something. We're just trying to yes and Tony yeah. because Dave taught us uh-huh. to. <laughs> I just see out of the corner of my eyes like Jim and John furiously nodding their heads before yeah. you said a word. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay, what's the odd note? That's fine. Someone called you out as having resting bitch face. Oh, mm-hmm. Heather, yeah. Ooh. I didn't say that about you, Tony. I said it about your dad. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's uh, true. Well, that's why I said on previous but, but someone else did call you. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. we the Jacob Russell episode, we kind of got into it because Jacob okay. has the same problem yeah, I listen uh, where, you know, my dad was the dad that a lot of kids were scared of growing up because he had a really angry face. Yeah. He also had a temper. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he wasn't like mean to other kids most of the time. <laughs> he yeah. just but, took it out on you. You know, that happens to me all the time where people are like, you know, like I said, people come up to me like hey you know like smile it's a beautiful day you know like uh, and stuff and like what are you so angry about you know it's happened to my own family like my mom would be like tony's mad you know and i'd be like i'm not <laughs> mad and she's like oh he's mad and then i would get mad i'm like i'm not mad you know yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah i mean i just can't i really wonder sometimes that's why like i have a sense of humor i like to joke around and stuff because i'm so used to people being like oh this guy's in a bad mood or people told me like after the fact like i was scared of you or i thought you're a jerk or standoffish like yeah. It's a real problem, Dave. <laughs> it's uh I, I imagine it is because yeah. I, I do remember like the first class. It was I thought, boy, is this guy I don't know, is he uh is yeah. he getting any of this? It's or, just, and just, then you'd step up on stage and it's be like, Oh my god, yeah, he's totally getting it. Yeah. It's you know, he's all about it. But and I know it's it's nothing you can really yeah. do anything about. It's well, he could face. smile more. <laughs> <laughs> Massive <laughs> plastic surgery. I should go to like uh, like beauty pageant training. You know what I mean? Remember to smile. But it's, it's so the kind of thing. I don't think you need to do anything to change it. Yeah, I would say just be aware of it. But it sounds like you already. Oh, are. trust but, me, uh, my whole yeah. life. Yeah, this is way before improv. But because <laughs> like if you're performing and you're on the back line of a cast, I think people are going to be looking and going like, "Wow, yeah, that guy, during, we sure caught that guy in a wrong during game, auditions." Or shows, I really try to be like, uh-huh, you know, like, <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> way worse. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's the thing. I don't have a natural Go fake smile. That other thing, you yeah, I know. But I also think it gives me advantage in terms of like people will be like, oh, like, oh, I did not think that you would be like have a sense of humor. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. so people are always, I think, surprised. Like that's a ge- reaction I tend to generate a lot, especially 
in improv, people will be like, oh, you know. That's why podcasts, you don't have to look at my face. It's so much easier, you know. <laughs> the handsomest man on I think radio. people. I think people comment to me, too, too. Like, they're surprised. Even friends are like, oh, I didn't think, you know, like, um, you know, like, they don't have to look at my face. This is really, like, this is very defeatist, you know. But I mean, <laughs> but I accept it. You know, my dad had that face That's and I have terrible. that face. I have, you know, I don't want to call it resting bitch face, Heather. But, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I, I call it angry face, you know. We all That's, call it yeah, resting right, right. bitch face. Yeah. So, no, it's poker good. face. It's an odd no, but it's angry so true, you know. Face. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're ever in the audience and I'm performing, maybe just give me, like, a little, like, I'm like oh, you know, and I'll, <laughs> little tap of the nose and I'll uh, start smiling. You'll but, know to do uh, your creepy fake smile. Smile. Yeah, okay. It's part of my object work. Like, uh, <laughs> or if you're on the back That's line, right. just slap him on the butt and he'll smile. Yeah, <laughs> or working in cleverly is a suggestion. Like, uh, you know, like what's an emotion you have? Smile. Would it kill you oh. to smile. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. But that's funny. Uh, you noticed that too, and disturbing. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but man. it's uh, yeah, because when I'm I'm given notes in class, you know, or, or telling a story, whatever it is in class. The first week was the kind of thing like, wow, is it, I, I feel like I'm giving notes and, and you're behind your eyes just looking at me going like, this is bullshit. I mean, this guy is saying this is bullshit. Oh, God, yeah. It kills me to hear that, but it's so true. I mean, it, it doesn't kill me. I, like, I'm well aware of this. This is not, this is like the part 127 of like conversations I've had, you know, with people. But yeah, it's like, uh, I am what I am, I guess. I mean, like I said, I'll, I'll work on it, teach. Uh, I, I really yeah, will. I, I, like I said, I don't know if you need to work on it as much as uh, just you know maybe, maybe that's part of your charm. I don't know. You know, yeah, like yeah. just be aware of it. Just be aware of it. But yeah, getting back to everything else, that's really about the only constructive thing I could tell you at this point. Because mm-hmm. like I, I really do think you've got a lot of great initiations and all that. Okay, I think thanks. You're, you're really that. good at this stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I certainly hope you go on with it. Definitely, um, we'll we'll be uh, John and I will sign up for uh, intermediate three for sure. Cool. Is uh, did you have any questions about the class in particular that you wanted to ask? Because uh, mm, that's part of the review. Great order. question, Dave. <laughs> well, first of all, who the hell do you think you are? <laughs> no, <this> uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I guess my one thing would be like, don't be afraid to uh, dole out. What I say is like pointers. Maybe don't call them criticism. Let's say just say these are pointers. Because they're like, that asshole gave me a pointer. Fuck him. You know, like no one's going to say that (laughs) unless they're really a jerk. But uh, yeah, no, I liked your method a lot. And uh, like I said, Jim was like, you know, he was like, oh, you guys are so lucky you got Dave Davies in your class. And that's true, though. I mean, like, like, I think you're a very thorough teacher. And like, I like the notes and everything. I don't really have a bad thing to say. I was like, no, that Dave, you know, except for the criticism part. I want you to be meaner, Dave. That's what I'm trying to say. You're criticizing my criticizing. Yeah, you you did there. You could be an asshole. Look at my face. You know, like, try try to be my face in your everyday actions. This guy's pissed at me. Yeah, no. Uh, (laughs) Trust me, like, it's so far from, like, the least brutal thing anyone's ever said to me. (laughs) Including my parents, which they know. Um, Parents. So, yeah, well, was like getting to Snow Day. Oh, thank you for that, Dave. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, Same absolutely, thing. absolutely. Um, <laughs> snow Day, all four of you, except for me, I was out of town, all performed in Snow Day. And uh, so give a shout out to that. Uh, Heather, Jim, John. Oh, you, you did too, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, uh, John was, oh, yeah, yeah. he was one of the stars of Snow Day, apparently. Look at that. They were called <laughs> the super group that performed at, what, 6 p.m. on Sunday? Uh, Are you part of the group that stayed up 24 hours? No. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was... I thought that was a really great touch that there was a group that uh, were they the last group to go on or yeah, and so like the troop was conformed of 
all the people that had stayed up 24 hours. Oh, my God. If I knew that was a thing, I would have got there earlier. Yeah. Please welcome to the stage, The Walking Dead. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And uh, so, so condescending. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one. You got the Tony so stamp of approval. Yeah, I've done a little stand up in my day, Dave. You know. So yeah, John, Jim, Heather, uh, you performed as Play Us In with JB, uh, who's not in, but you performed at seven a.m. And then Jim, you uh, I did a three a.m. show too. Three a.m., seven a.m. And then John, you performed with. Void were prohibited, available for booking now uh, at 1 p.m. So how do you guys, all three of you, how do you think it went? Uh, Heather first. I think it went well. You had the longest break, actually, because when we, we all started out taking classes at Go, Dave, uh-huh. and uh, up till Advance 1, and then we switched over to the end for the, the writing class. And then, so, but John and I continued to take classes as Jim in a separate class. But Heather has gone the longest period of time yeah. between not doing any improv performing. I she done, was I very nervous. Yeah, I haven't been in an improv class since May. Yeah. And the last performance must have been... Uh, Colony, Colony Fest. Fest. Yeah. Wow. In the summer. Which was, I thought went well. Yeah. And so how did it feel to you? Like, were you well, feel rusty? And the early time of day. I mean, 7 a.m. Yeah, I felt nervous. There were more people there at 7 o'clock in the morning than I thought would be there. How many people? I don't know, but more than five. Okay. I would say with 23. Okay. Yeah, there was like 20-some <laughs> okay. there. Thank you, John. But, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I had a lot of fun. It definitely made me okay, want good. to do it more. Yeah. It's just... There's not a lot of time for me right now to Heather, do it. Heather, were you disappointed that no one kissed you on stage? I was trying to get John to kiss me on stage, <laughs> but he would not do it. John is not a morning kisser. He said that many times. We ran out of time. I need at least two more minutes. You also I was got... going to kiss JB on stage, and someone clapped me out of it. <laughs> and then... y- y'all were taking too so long. You're hoping for a kiss, but you got the clap. Very yeah. Ah, oh. Jokes. Me and John almost kissed. Yeah, but Jim... Uh, <laughs> Jim would no, not do they it. they almost do it. They acted like they were going to. And I kept, I hope, I hope kept that, leaning hoped in. that I would like end the scene, but I was like, yeah. no. Did the, my body it. was leaning in, but my head was leaning <laughs> Your head was going back so far. <laughs> I really I'm getting a haunting visual. Yeah, you guys got to commit. You look like two turkeys right and now. And we were like waving our lips around. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like all these visual things for the podcast. Yeah. It's very nice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I thought, I mean, I'm glad you guys did it. And uh, it sounded like I it was... I missed you, Tony. Well, I missed you guys too. And I'm proud of you guys for doing that. Jim tried to help Heather out. He made her a sex education educator. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I pimped Heather yes. into being herself. Yes, he did. And uh, and once she understood that, she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and Heather, I mean, you're in the home stretch now. How many months until you're done with social work school? I'll be done in May. Yeah, five months. That's crazy. How do you feel? Do you feel like you're going to make it? I feel, well, yeah, I'll make it. I mean, okay. I, I've made it this far. All right. Well, does, you uh, once that happens, does your does your last name change on this podcast? No. That's the reason why okay. her first name is eponymous. Her last name is anonymous. Uh, Dave, she liked that phrase. So that made <laughs> yeah, me happy. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but no, it's because of her social work pursuits that she can't. Once she you have clients a, looking her up. Once you have like a title for your name or something. Once I graduate, mm-hmm. even I'll have, for, I'll have some letters after my name. Which letters? What letters? Yeah, MSW. Oh, oh. 
Heather Anonymous MSW. Miss Social Worker. Smell in front of us. We're adults. I know. We, we're educated. What does that stand for? Master Snake Wrangler. Uh, masters of Social Work. I am a Master Snake Wrangler. Oh, Heather. <laughs> I've heard that. Oh. We all made it dirty. Well, It'd be funny exactly if you really. That's exactly how I meant it. Well, I thought you meant like literal snakes, you know. No. We're both. Snakes <laughs> at the same are you, time. Heather, are you afraid of snakes? No. Wow, okay. But spiders. Yes. Well, I'm God, afraid. Fuck. I'm various. Are you have a phobias, uh, Dave? No, not really. Really? Not scared of like uh, heights, spiders, uh, snakes? Not to a phobia extent. Okay. I mean, it's like I don't have a fear of spiders, but I'm not going to be like, hey, let's get 10 of them and put them on my face right now. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Which will, you know, if you go to Seven Brothers, like that, you'll hear that all the time. You know? <laughs> hey, it's, it's spiders tarantula time, everybody. Shots half off. That's right. Just kidding. George never discounts anything. Shout out to George. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fuck around. Yeah. Come down to the Seven Brothers. <laughs> get a get a fucking beer. Yeah. You know, I would say, Dave, your voices are like you're doing voices that I've never heard you do. Like on like with the home team, I think you should do more of them. It's great. Uh, yeah, I enjoy it. I yeah. I used Good to pointer, do more. Tony. But, yeah, uh, that's my pointer to you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so have gone out of out of. I used to do Christopher Walken a lot. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Is Christopher Walken around, Dave? Everyone, everyone does that now. There's, wow, good times. <laughs> no, one, no one really does it any longer, anymore. Really. It's amazing. That's really good. I can't do any voices. <laughs> you do the me. Irish priest. What are you talking about? I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you did an English accent in one of my sketches. But I mean, like, I mean like a famous person, you know, oh. like Christopher Walken. I can't do. Um, Let me see if I can do. I've never tried. It's like, cool. Well, you see, I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Tony, the trick is wow. you just have to pause a lot and make sentences not work right. All right. That's true. There's John, some, like, John, let's yeah. hear your Christopher Walken then with that advice. I just want to go down to the store. That's good. No, it's not. <laughs> the spills are all over my face. Tony, I think you could do uh, Michael Caine. I'm I'm Michael Caine, the famous. <laughs> Who was it? Whoever actor. pointed out, I thought it was brilliant that if you say my cocaine, you're saying Michael Caine the way he says Michael Caine. <laughs> I'm my cocaine. I'm Michael Caine. That's great. Yeah, that's really good. I'm my cocaine. All right. Sure. <laughs> it got, uh, John, fact of the week. Oh, I guess I could have got one ready. Oh earlier. my God, Johnny! Oh. Are you kidding me? No, I got him saved up. I just got to bring it up. All right, mm, Jesus. <laughs> this is how you do it in the professional industry. You just save the him professional up. Professional industry. <laughs> save him up. Yeah, you could give Dave a lesson or two over here. This whole time we were in the professional industry. Yeah, I know. Per- no one this- told me. I am a professional profender. What professional industry, industry are you person. in? Yeah. You're in a professional. Uh, a professional industrator. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, the aircraft carrier, the USS Enterprise, named after the spaceship. I Not assume. the rental car company. Not the rental car named company. Named after, yeah, the spaceship from the television show. But, Was uh, it the other way around? No. Don't ruin this bit. What? <laughs> uh, it weighed over 90,000 tons, but despite this, it was one of the fastest. It had eight separate nuclear reactors, and it put out a total of... 280,000 horsepower. No other carrier has more than two reactors. Wow. Actually, a little wow, add-on fact. The admiral uh, of that ship, last name is Guinan. 
Oh, I'm just kidding. I hope he goes on to the. <laughs> that the was deck. a nerd trap, and you fell right into it. I then. hope he goes on to the deck and gives everyone life advice. Yeah, with some synthahol. <laughs> Which really? I don't get any of this. I know that's the best part. Yeah. <laughs> We're super nerding it out. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. This is the best podcast yeah. ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's uh, Jim. Why don't you grab that guitar? Anybody want to add anything else? Hey, I got a couple things I'd like to plug. Yeah, no cool. problem. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, one of them is that every month here at Planet Ant, every uh, there's one Sunday where we do the Ant Farm. Yeah. And while. There's one happening this Sunday that will already have happened by, if, yeah. by the time you're listening to this. I'm, I'm hoping to go because McGettigan wanted us to go. He's having something read there. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of his uh, scripts. It's, uh, I, I will say this. Anyone out there, if you write at all, continue to do so. Write us scenes. Write us 10-minute uh, scenes. Write us 30-minute scenes. Uh, the less characters, the better because we got to cast these things. But send them in to Dave at PlanetAnt.com or AntFarm at PlanetAnt.com and uh, check out the Ant Farm. It's on, it's on the PlanetAnt website. It's a great opportunity. And it's, it's a good time, and it's another aspect of theater that you should really get into. Uh, there's that, and I've got a play I'm in that's opening um, next month february 19th at the ringwald theater called mr burns a post-electric play uh joe bailey is directing uh, i'm in it with uh, my wife diane and a bunch of other great people check it out uh google the name mr burns a post-electric play and you're gonna see it's one of the most mind-blowing theater experiences you could possibly go to that's based on simpsons episode right it's i wouldn't say based on simpsons but uh uh, it's, is it it's the character of Mr. Burns? Y- yes. Oh. It's got a lot of Simpsons in it. And uh, and it's just wild what they do with it. The script is so very wild. Even if you do an image search on, on Mr. Burns, a post-electric play, you're going to see wild stage images that are like, what the, f- the hell is this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's, uh, there's that. And then Fish Dinner in May. Check that out. Also, uh, plugging uh, Dave's, which you talked about earlier, his uh, painting site, which we'll post a link to oh, from, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. from mm-hmm. the After Improv uh, page. And also, uh, we mentioned kind of briefly, we, uh, the group here, will be doing a, including JB and uh, Matt Penridge, our writing class, where we'll be going uh, the Planet Ant sketch show. Uh, it'll be like one night only, but we'll uh, be having auditions for that coming up soon. So uh, we'd like anybody who's willing to audition, uh, you can check our respective Facebook pages or the After Improv Facebook page. At Ultimate John Yar or at Tony Augusti on uh, Twitter to find out more about that. But we'll be talking more about that, and it should be fun. Audition. Everybody should audition. Yeah, every single every person. Single person. Yeah. yeah. And it'll hey, be bring sense. your dog. It'll be yeah. a great experience because they'll be learning along with us. Yeah. yeah. And we'll talk more about uh, this season about directing and things that we're learning. Uh, kind of like an underutilized, according to McGettigan. I think he's right. I mean, it's not a thing they teach too much of around. No, here no. anywhere so we're really looking forward to that it's true and again uh you know dave davies oh uh coming up next week uh tom schultz our original guest uh he's going to be on to show off his drawings of the prophet muhammad so nice. look forward to that <laughs> that's good <laughs> um, I don't know what that guy looks don't like. forget yeah. uh january 28th thursday we'll be having our class show student show that's right and uh, so, yeah, Dave Davies, once again, thank you. Second. Hey, what? Woo! One more plug. One yeah, more plug. No, hurry. January 29th, stage time is going to be at the Red Door. Oh, yeah, that's Go right. Go check that out. Yeah, are we doing that one? No. Okay. I think Jalopy might be. Okay. Where, where Prohibited is. Okay. Hey, what about your uh, student oh. show coming up? We student just plugged it. 
Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, okay. 28. Come on, Dave. I wasn't listening. Don't tune us out. <laughs> listening is key skill. Listening is a really important school skill that you have to work on, and uh, that's Sorry, my. What? It's a really oh. important skill. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, sometimes I fuck words up, and that's just a thing that uh, happens. So great. But that's my pointer to you. So great. So great. It's not a criticism. It's just a pointer. Uh, four. Warriors, well played. Four. The wizard, Jim Harper. The warrior, John Yar, who messes up words sometimes. It's cool. And. Heather, her first name, eponymous. Anonymous, her last name, anonymous. That didn't come out the way I wanted. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. I'm your host. Wow, way to call me out for fucking things up. Yeah, no problem. It's what I do. <laughs> I am your host, Tony Agusti, saying, play us out, Jim. Oh, after improv, we tune this guitar. No, it was great. Perfect. I love it. People love it when you fail.